Broadcasting from their dining room table in California, it's the Stonebirds with Dave Stone and Katie Strandberg. Get it? Advice and encouragement from two goofballs who can barely run their own lives. Call now at 562-548-2012 to be a part of the show. Now welcome the Stonebirds. Cadillac one time. Uh-huh. You did? Yeah. What? <laughs> well, it's a, it's a, hey, being honest, it's a Pontiac Grand Am, and we peeled that decal off that front emblem. We we put a Cadillac emblem on a Pontiac. Ain't nobody know no difference. What? Uh-huh. <laughs> Cecil, I'm not trying to be... Yeah. Okay. Thank you. No, okay. Uh-huh. Um... Lately, your speech uh-huh. has been getting a little less. Uh, I can't really understand you. Um, is I my got, hearing going bad? Or you talking about? I got cold sores in my lip. It's about to be affected by speech. When did you get cold sores? When did I not get cold sores? I've been. I've had cold sores, cankers, Ugh. lesions. You, I've, I've been, how, how do you fix it? I don't know. <laughs> what do you mean you don't I got, know? <laughs> I got poor mouth health. Uh, same. Uh, I can't really. <laughs> I just avoid. Uh, uh, slowly all the teeth will come out uh, anyway. Who cares? Uh, It'll be fun. I like oatmeal anyhow. Me too. Uh, That's something we bond on. I can't wait till I can't be able to chew no more. It takes a lot of the pressure off. <laughs> you can't wait until you... Don't have to chew no more. Cecil, I'll take it. All right, Boo, I. Oh, no. Yeah, I need some ointment. We have any ointment for him? Yes, we have Neosporin. Neosporin. Yes, it's in the it's All in right. the medicine. You got it, buddy. Just Jesus. Oh, no, it looks like he has tanning lotion. Yeah, what? I saw him. He put toothpaste. He he got the toothpaste and the preparation H mixed up last week. Oh. So, anyway. Do you think toothpaste does, uh, you know, uh, shrink zits? I used to. I, somebody told me that in high school, and did I, it work? And I think it worked. Like it just kind of dries everything out, sucks it up. Interesting. Yeah. How about you, Boo? <gasps> Boo! It's so good to see you. I'm back. I, you're back, baby. I'm back, baby. Boo. Harry Winston, baby. Holy crap balls. It mm-hmm. feels like you've been gone for 19 years. Yeah. How did it go? Tell me everything. <laughs> what's going on? What's new? <laughs> so, what's new? Uh, no, great great little run. I'm hesitant to call it a tour because it was only like six shows. Uh, I don't want to be, uh, not to get too inside baseball, but sometimes very new young comics get excited to go out on the road. And they They go out and... Just do regional open mics and oh. do guest spots and call it a big tour. Really? So, yeah. That's actually, I kind of like that confidence of like. tour to do open <laughs> mics. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's weird. But uh, yeah, it was a fun run. Good. 
good. Um, Midwest, let's see, uh, Indianapolis, Milwaukee, Chicago, uh, Cleveland, or, or Cuyahoga Falls, essentially Cleveland, um, Hilliard, Ohio, essentially Columbus, mm-hmm. and then uh, Cincinnati. And everyone was so kind. Yes. All yes. your amazing peeps that came out, mm-hmm. adorable. Mm-hmm. I wasn't there, but I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, just overwhelmed by yeah. the hospitality. Uh, a lot of a lot of Stoneberg uh, listeners came out, and uh, a lot of Boogie Monster listeners, and uh, received a bunch of treats and gifts and arts and crafts and, and pastas and, and I mean food buttons. and baked goods and yeah, just just overwhelmed that uh, anybody even gives a crap. So I know. Uh, and, and by the way, I don't expect any of that. Uh, when I, I do. When I announce a show, <laughs> uh, you, you, you buying a ticket and showing up and laughing is plenty. It's, totally. it's above and beyond. Don't feel obligated to uh, to bring me. But I, that being said, I I do. I'm not like some of these comics. Like I know Marin used to people bring him a lot of stuff, and he just you know like give it away or throw oh, it away. Oh, that's awful. You, especially baked goods, homemade. I I always joke I'd be so easy to poison. It's true. Because, I mean, you well, bring me something, I'm going to eat it. I know. You know, even if it's something I'm not crazy about, just I feel obligated. Like, well, this yeah. person made this thing or purchased this thing and drug it to the show and gave it to me. And so, you, know, you know, the thing about poisoning is waste. that you have to do it little by little by little, and then slowly you die. So, yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, part of your daily routine. What? <laughs> I didn't. <sighs> Boo. But, yeah, it was fun. Fun shows. Uh, well, you ate like a champion. Oh, I, man. I saw on your Instagram. W- was it great? Oh, my God. Mid- Midwest got some good food, too. I mean, I don't know if it can compete with my beloved Southern cuisine, but uh, <laughs> in Milwaukee, just so on brand, not making this up, checking in the hotel in Milwaukee. Uh, it's a nice hotel. What is it called? Um, I can't remember, but, you know, nice kind of four-star hotel. The uh, club hooked me up, gave me, got me a nice room. Oh, Check in the nice. hotel, uh, right in the lobby, there's the 2022 uh, Wisconsin Cheese Convention, <gasps> or the Cheese Expo, I oh, think it was. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, so there's a Cheese Expo in Milwaukee where, you know, cheese is very prevalent, and they're very proud of their cheese. Uh, Green Bay Packers, the cheese heads, I won't bore you with all that. But, uh, but yeah, I was just like, all right. Hell yeah, Milwaukee. Well, no, I like, bore me with it because here's the thing about the cheese heads. Find it fascinating. Mm-hmm. First of all, as a cheese lover, uh-huh. I already am drawn to it. The yeah. colors, the whole thing with the hat, hilarious, yeah. right? Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm a Green Bay fan. <laughs> Maybe that'll be my team. Obviously, cheese and Go dairy, dogs. Big, uh, no, it's the Packers. Whatever. What's yeah. that? I still don't know what the power they pack. But why the cheese then? Well, because Green Bay, Wisconsin, the big dairy industry up there. That's that's a big thing up there, dairy. But how does the okay, okay? And well. Green Bay is in Wisconsin, and they just the they just little nickname the cheese heads, and then they get these like little foam cheese hats, and they wear them, and they're like, hey, if you're a Packers Which, fan, you're a cheese head. Okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, I love it. Uh-huh. Good. But what is I, a packer? That's what I was just about to say. I don't realize what a packer is. It are they are they packing cheese? I was just going to say that. Wow, mm-hmm. great minds think alike. Or mm-hmm. maybe I'm making you dumber. Yes, that sounds I, it like a might. like a slur. Packing cheese. Look, look, at, look at that look guy. Packing. Packer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
it looks, I feel like it's a lady trying to like hit on a dude. Like, eh, you're packing some real cheese, baby. Sounds like that doesn't sound like a good thing. No, someone's packing cheese. (laughs) 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 I'll leave it there. If only uh, they had refrigerated purses, because throughout the day, uh I would like uh, maybe my my blood sugar goes low. Uh Nice little cheese. I don't want to bring nuts. I don't want to bring granola bar in the purse. Nice little refrigerated cheese snack. Since when has refrigeration or proper preparation <laughs> of food slowed you down? First of all, I would like the cheese mm-hmm. to be at the appropriate mm-hmm. temperature. Yeah, Let's not so, get into the you're cheese. so particular well, with your <laughs> dried pasta. Someone brought you oh, dried pasta? I know. Thank you so well, I mean, much. All pasta starts dry. I just mean uncooked pasta. No, I know. Mm-hmm. I was eyeing that last night, and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, tomorrow, because mm-hmm. it was like 10 p.m. when I was having my, you know, my time in the food area. Yeah. Yeah, I woke up <laughs> this morning and went in there, and again, looked like a bear got into the campgrounds. It was Reese's Cups. There was a tub of pub cheese just on the floor, upside down. Fortunately, it had been licked clean by Charlie. Well, yeah, that's so, why I left it, because uh-huh. I figured that would be a fun toy for him. Also, I had eaten pretty much the rest of that cheese, which was like there was barely any left, and then I just gave it to Charlie. Yeah. Because he likes pub cheese. <laughs> I mean, Charlie. why? <laughs> Charlie likes it. I like pub cheese. Like, I think maybe we talked about this, but I'm curious, like, what do you think Charlie's favorite uh, human food is? Scraps Great that, question. that we give him. Okay, I know he hates bananas. I know what he hates. Lettuce, mm-hmm. bananas. He actually doesn't mind carrots. Okay. So that's a good little healthy thing. Am I just poisoning Charlie? I don't know. <laughs> but my question is, whatever it is, let's just say hypothetically it's little meatballs or something. You know, mm-hmm. whatever. We got little morsels of food, whatever. How long before he just taps out and goes, no, nah, I'm good. I great question. I can't imagine him willingly stopping eating. I don't think he would. He would explode. Mm-hmm. No, he would get. I think dogs get full. They have to get full. Do dogs get full? I mean, he gets. He, I'm sure he gets tired mm-hmm. of his food, but I don't know if Charlie gets full. Yeah. I mean, eventually he would get full, just biology. But I'm saying. That message between his brain and his mouth and his stomach, just like, I can't ever imagine him going, okay, this is enough. I've had enough. No, thank you. (laughs) No, thank you. No, thank you. I'm saving for dessert. Thank you. (laughs) I don't know. I wonder. He is is such a good boy. He's laying on my lap right now. Yeah. He missed you, boo-boo. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. How, How could you tell? He's just, it's its weird. He wants everyone here. Mm-hmm. He wants everyone in one house. He wants everyone. Mm-hmm. But I know he, he's a little forlorn. Yeah. You know, he's a forlorn <laughs> pup. He has a lot of issues. And I know, look, I know dogs emulate their owners, okay? Mm-hmm. I understand that. So I try to be respectful of his issues. You know, is he social anxiety? Is he, you know, depressed? Uh, I did take him to the vet because he... Is a delicate flower and ate um, apparently some flowers on our walk. So apparently, I am the worst dog owner because uh, Boo's Boo, are you sick? No. Okay. Um, but yeah. So I am taking medicine. I know it's legal. 
missed I missed that too. I, I don't carry it on the road, obviously, you know, because I can't believe it's not legal everywhere. I am in the LA bubble, though. I just think everything's like pink poodles and Starbucks. And- I did score some for four twenty, but that was uh, the whole trip. I only partook one day. Oh man, so it's good to be back in green country. Yeah, California. Anyway, I'm sorry to interrupt. So we there. You called me. There was a minor emergency. Yeah, it scared she, us. Got home. Charlie had thrown up. I could tell the difference between cat throw up and dog throw up because I'm a psychopath. And there was just like little pools ah. of like throw up everywhere, and I freaked out. His ears were back. I called Dave, you know. So then I took him to the animal hospital, and apparently he ate a flower on our walk or something, a piece of grass with fertilizer on it that made him sick. And so he lost a lot of fluids. They couldn't find anything else, and they gave him an IV to make him not dehydrated anymore. They put a needle in his forearm? Where'd they put it? I don't know. They just kind of took him in the back and told me, and I was like, okay. But he seemed okay. I, I don't know. I could be scarring Charlie for life. I really, at this point, just living, living la vida loca. Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> we know you are. <laughs> but other than that, it was, you know, it was a good, you know, time over here. A lot of, lot of neighbor, neighbor work. Okay. I've been hanging out with my new best friends. Yeah. Mark and Virgie. And we talked about that. We got the little courtyard. And oh, then so cute. We talked about the pizza party the first week we moved in. And then <coughs> some of these folks just hang out in the little courtyard and they read yes. and just visit. As Mark See, says, we just sit and collect <laughs> dust. And he's like, come sit down with us. And so I sit and I just hang out. And it's so nice. I'm learning I don't have to. Well, I know you can't tell on this podcast, but like. That's the point of this podcast. I don't have to perform for people. Mm-hmm. I can just sit and really like get to know them and listen. And, mm-hmm. and I know that's like, oh, you're being a human. Yes. But it is hard for my ADHD brain because I just want to interrupt and I want to, because mm-hmm. I don't want that thought to go. But so it's, it's neat to just kind of be with some yeah. people that are older and are sweet. And I sit there with Charlie and his little Bjorn and we visit. Yeah, there's a lot to be said for shutting the hell up. It's true. Mm-hmm. And it's nice. It's just, it feels nice. You go outside. I I found my people. Are they retired? Yes. <laughs> are they? <laughs> are they just the both, like, the greatest characters of life? Mm-hmm. Yes. I just am fascinated yeah. by their lives. So Seem like nice folks. They're the there. sweetest. Well, that's good. So you spent yeah. some time with the neighbors. Spent some time with the neighbors. Took Charlie to the vet. Took Charlie to the vet. Anything else go down while I was gone? Were you, were you safe? Were you well, self-aware out here? Yeah. Personal safety? Okay, yes. Uh-huh. I was safe. I will say there was small... A what? A little incident. You had an incident. Just a small one. Now, full disclosure... Uh, I have no idea what you're about to tell me. I know. I didn't tell you yet. Like some some of this stuff, you know, we pretend that like, you know, hey, it's the first time I'm hearing this. Yeah. But, but no, uh, this is real. Yeah, you were, you told me that something happened, but you So said, this is some riveting stuff, guys. For Buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> What's with the incidents, boo? Okay, I haven't had one in a while. I haven't mm-hmm. gone off on people in a while, I feel. I feel like I've been good. Okay. My dad died on Christmas. Okay. <laughs> um... So I'm walking Charlie, and it's a beautiful day. Mm-hmm. 
let me tell you, gorgeous, birds are chirping, going up the street. Now, we are we on our immediate block, or have you ventured out a little bit? I am just up the street on okay. our block, okay. on Harper. Uh-huh. So I'm going up. Oh, whoops. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sorry on that. <laughs> I'm Marper. <laughs> I repeat, but okay. Anyway, going up the street, and Charlie, you know, has to take a little poo. Uh-huh. He goes to this little mound of grass, which is, by the way, half dead and half like blotchy with stuff. Now, is this the grass in between the sidewalk and the and the road? That yes. Little, little median there. Yes. Okay. In front of this building is an older gentleman and a mid fifties guy. Older is like he was a sweet old man that was talking to this other dude uh-huh. who seemed to be the building manager, uh-huh. perhaps the maintenance guy. He lives there and and owns the building. I don't know. So the first guy, the mid fifties sweet old guy, potentially a resident of this building or yes. just a passerby. Yes, he's sitting there, and you could tell that the other man is. Walking him through because they're doing construction there. And and so I think he just wanted to know the details. Mm -hmm. So I'm just sitting there with Charlie. And this guy out of nowhere says, do not stomp on grass at that level. Do not stomp on grass. So I I think he just thought I would listen and keep walking. Right? Were, were you wearing like combat boots and like stomping on the grass and marching around and being real demonstrative? No. No? It was a... Literally, I've never been more peaceful. Yeah. <laughs> I've had a really peaceful time. That's an odd command. Do not stomp. <laughs> Do not I get like, hey, them. don't let your dog shit in my flower garden or, you know, keep off yeah. the grass. It's newly, freshly mowed. Do not stomp Do not on stomp. grass. Yeah. And so I, I, I didn't react at mm-hmm. first. I was wearing Ugg boots. Now, Ugg boots aren't... These huge, yes, they are boots, but they're not like I am stomping on mm-hmm. your grass. And again, is this a little strip of grass between the yes, stuff? the street? So, to my knowledge, that's city property, exactly, jackass. So maybe I will stomp. He on just it. wanted to yell at me. Let's yeah. be honest. Uh-huh. He just wanted. He saw Charlie. I, maybe I triggered him. I always trigger people mm-hmm. with mom stuff. I don't know. So I turned and I just and I looked at him straight in the eye and I just stood there and I was like. He's like, dogs aren't, uh, people don't pick up after their dogs. Yeah. That's what he said. And I was like, well. Well, I I, do every, 100% of the time I do. I said, Mm -hmm. well, I can only speak for myself, but I pick up after the dog. And I was like, so are you saying that no one is allowed to step on this grass? Uh I find it really interesting. And then he's just... So what? So now he's got two beefs. Yeah. So I'm not allowed to stomp on the grass. And also, apropos of nothing, people don't pick up after their dogs. Yeah. Okay, so... So now he has something to prove. Because uh-huh. old man's listening. I'm just standing there. Now, mm-hmm. I, my new thing with any type of fight, I've learned my power of mm-hmm. being tall and my mom look, I can stare down somebody in the most creepy way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I just stood and I stared at him, and Charlie took a fucking, oh, sorry, took a poo, mm-hmm. and uh, I picked it up. We kept walking. What's, you don't have to censor yourself, boo. Okay. You have potty mouth often here. I know. Sorry. <laughs> but, uh, and then, so I turned around, and, and, and he's just, now he's just talking shit to the old man. Mm-hmm. So he kind of got his shit out on me, and then he's like, 
thank you, as I walked away. This is when I do a second turn, and I was like, you're very welcome. And then I just stood and stared again for a good 15 seconds where it was uncomfortable. So describe this fella in case I happen to run He's a him. larger um, man with an accent. I'm, I'm assuming Armenian. I don't know. And he could ju- you could just tell he just had rage inside him. And Larger, I, like like tall or, or heavy? Yeah, like 6'3 uh-huh. and heavier. Yeah, but not like that obese. But I'd say, so old man I think was in his 70s. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, this guy, 50, okay. 40, 50. Okay. And so I just said thank you. And then I wasn't going to go off. And then he was like, you're welcome. And then I turned again, and I just said, well, no problem. Also, I am going to get the last word in this because you're an asshole. You, you made the declaration that I am going to get the last word. In. Yeah. So you said, and then did you sprint away so he, before he could say anything? No, because then he uh-huh. was like, <laughs> so then I turn and walk, and he goes, well, thank you. And he does it again, and I said, you're welcome, as I'm like stomping away. And he was like, uh, have a great day. And I was like, you have a great day. I will get the last word. But and you, then I. You zinged him good, boo-boo. <laughs> I'm rusty. I didn't know what to do, but I I felt like the stare. I'm telling you the power of the stare Mm -hmm. because I was processing it. Like, wait, I am not in the wrong here because it's, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. it was just so bananas. But, yeah, I don't know. That was the incident. (laughs) Things are slow here when you're not around, clearly. (laughs) That's funny. That, that's interesting that that's your technique with confrontation. That, that's I like that. That's, now, well, it's now a new one. I used to just freeze and run away, but you know, or yell and make it worse. My version of that, I, I, I put my finally put my finger on what it is that I'm trying to do or accomplish uh, when I have similar incidents in public. Not incidents like that, but um, like around here, you know, from in in Atlanta and in LA, a lot of times there's just random weirdos and just semi homeless semi you just there's just a bunch of just vague humanity yeah that just kind of stagger around yeah and some of them are harmless Mm -hmm. and some of them are criminals and opportunists and looking for victims and uh so whenever any anybody who just i'm always leery of anybody who just approaches me you know, and the other day, a guy with no shirt on oh, no. was staggering across the parking lot, and mm. he's and I see him out of the corner of my eye, and I'm parked sitting in the car, and uh, I see him approaching, and I'm like, all right, and this is weird. Anyway, my point is, I'm rambling. Um, anytime there's like a weird, awkward, aggressive, whatever dude who just pops up out of nowhere and uh, approaches me, soliciting me for money or a cigarette or whatever. Uh, whereas most people might be kind of like, ugh, you know, leery, reluctant, I kick into this overdrive confidence to where I almost welcome these things. Oh, I don't yeah. know if that makes so yes, like when they, pro- they they I come do. up and they they mumble <laughs> something. I'm like, hey, what's up, buddy? 
Like, yeah. like I'm not, not even like a, in an aggro, like, like I'm, I'm going to fight way, but more of a, um, the, the message I'm trying to convey is like, oh, I like these weird encounters. What's your name? Yeah, exactly. You know, where most people would avoid that guy who's staggering up at them with no shirt and probably going to ask for a dollar or a cigarette. I, I just like to turn into this mildly psychotic, <laughs> like, oh, I like this kind of weird encounter. Like, out crazy then. I or, used to. Or out confidence then. You do out I've seen it. I've seen you put that on, and I'm like, woo, yeah. get it, boo. Yeah, well, well, for if that guy is truly like a, a petty criminal or opportunistic, when you hit him with that burst of confidence and you look, you look him in the eye, that, that, disarms them momentarily they're like oh shit because they're so used to people being like get away from me yuck i don't have any money or i'm afraid you know but when you hit them like hey what's up dude yeah when i turned and said like hi (laughs) like what and i did want to like go into psychotherapy like what are you so mad at like you're very i could have made him feel so dumb and and done it in a nice way but i i just was trying to figure out Okay, well, wait, maybe I'm in the wrong. Yeah. Maybe this is his property. Maybe he's, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I, there was no justifying crazy. Mm-hmm. That was just inappropriate and yeah. not nice. And if I was a dude, that wouldn't have happened, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But that's a good technique, too, that I also use, and maybe you could implement. But like when someone, in your case here, when the guy, you know, yells at you or whatever to, to remain completely zen and calm, mm-hmm. and not even from like a spiritual, you know, no, I'm going to disarm. But I like to sometimes just be completely calm and just be go, well, everything all right, bud? Like, what's, yeah. what's going on, man? Oh, yeah. let me, okay, hold on, let's break this. It's like when someone heckles you mm-hmm. on stage, mm-hmm. my technique is to always put the spotlight, uh, not literally, but the figurative spotlight back on them. No, 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 wait, repeat that? Yeah. And then break it down. So I should, and then it's, you know, usually it's just something ridiculous. And like, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. But thanks for interrupting. (laughs) You know, not get mad, but just like, oh, okay, let's, no, hold on. You did some stupid shit or you did some aggressive shit that maybe was uncalled for. Well, hold on. Let's let's recap. So you're mad at what again? I've done that in road rage incidents all the time. Someone will do something crazy. And then I'll, like, yell or flip them off. And then I've had a few cases where, like, they'll follow me in the parking lot and be like, what the fuck's up? And I'm like, oh, well, you did a real crazy thing, and it kind of annoyed me for a split second. You want to go? Hold on. Oh, you're wanting to fight? No, I not necessarily want to fight you because you're a terrible driver. You did a stupid thing, and I reacted. So where do we stand now? Oh, you want to fucking fight? No, no, no. I I got my I said my piece. I shot the bird. I called you an idiot. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, so let me get this straight. You want to fight me because you clearly cut me off or did something dangerous that, yeah. that elicited a response from me. Like, did you or did you not do that thing? Yes, we both know you did. But now you want to fight me because you're the asshole driver. Okay, well that's peculiar. But uh, no, nah, I'm not really in the mood today. But thanks. And that you know? works? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've disarmed so many people. Because, wow. you know, I mean, if I was 19, I'd probably take him up on the offer. But, you know, I realize. You're such a little brute. No, but I, you know, I, <laughs> in my mind, I'm like, oh, I could, I totally wouldn't really back down from this guy. But also, I'm 44 and I can't be getting into fist fights anymore. Uh, yep. Punching neighbors. <laughs> but no, but it's just like when you. When you don't give them the response that they are expecting, it it disarms them. 
It's true. And it confuses them. Mm -hmm. Well, you taught me that as well with uh, saying, like, how can I help you? Mm -hmm. Like, going at it, like, wait, are you? Yeah, that's something I've been trying. We talked about that, like, in Long Beach when it seemed like on a weekly basis a, you know, mentally ill person or unhoused person would just be on our stoop screaming at the top of their lungs. And our wonderful neighbors did nothing. By the way, out of the, (laughs) seriously, no shit, the two years that we lived there, I probably had to do this about 20 times. Mm Mm-hmm. Not once did I get any backup from any of the neighbors. Good looking out, guys. But yeah, I Dave was always the one that would go out at 2 in the morning and walk up on this crazy person screaming. And instead of me being like, hey, motherfucker, you know, I'm yeah. always like, hey, buddy, you okay? <laughs> what? And they're just screaming like, what can I do to help? Exactly. What can I do? Subtext, what can I do to get you to leave and yeah. go scream somewhere else? But like instead of just... Yelling. Being the typical, you know, matching their aggression. Sometimes you do, like, you do need to match their aggression. But it's also fun when you can kind of catch people off guard and give them a different uh, response than what they were expecting. But, yeah, just so many times, like, well, what can I do to help, man? How can we help you? Mm-hmm. Like, to let them know, like, listen, look at me. I'm not trying to fight you, but you are screaming in front of my apartment. Mm-hmm. And how can we get this to stop? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. I think I was, I think I handled this awkwardly and weird. However, I do think I was thinking, oh crap, if this guy's here all the time, you know what I mean? And I walk Charlie on this tough shit. I don't want to like, I'm not trying to like please him, but I don't want to interrupt my peace. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like knowing, oh gosh, I hope I don't run into him. So now I don't care. Yeah. But it's, it's just, uh, yeah. So yeah, that was my big story. (laughs) <laughs> I yelled. I yelled at a man, okay? Well. <sighs> it happens, boo. It does. It does. But yeah, I, I, we're we're a lot alike in that regard. Like I just, you know, I'm not perfect and I, you know, sometimes I cut people off or I do something inadvertent that was mm-hmm. careless or mindless or inconsiderate. And I totally get that. But when someone just straight up overreacts to something, mm-hmm. you know, and like in that scenario, if I would have been there, I really would have been like, so okay, you don't mean you don't want me to do what? No stomping on he the ground. Never do it. Okay, to you. yeah. Okay, well, guess what, buddy? I don't. I don't think that was stomping. Okay, mm-hmm. so I didn't stomp. I won't continue to stomp. By the way, this isn't your property. So if I chose to stomp, it'd probably be okay. But I, I wasn't stomping, nor will I. And then what? What's the other thing? People yeah. don't clean after. Well, yeah, I can't speak for other people, but a hundred percent of the time, I clean after mine. Do you see? Did you see my dog shit in your grass? No, you didn't. Okay. All right, anything else? What can yeah, I do? Exactly. All right. Well, what have can a, I do? Nice to meet you. Well, that's kind I of what I did, but in a, in a segmented way. Yeah. <laughs> it was very awkward. But the stare, it's like a superpower yeah. because I was really trying to figure it out. And yeah. I he again, he didn't think, he just thought I was this little blonde that was going to, uh-huh. you know, go on her merry way and feel dumb. And it's like, no. And then, you know, he was showing off in front of his friend. Yeah. I just, yeah. Well, but it all listen, comes down I, to like bullying. You know, the yeah. guy was a bully. Like, yeah. you know, again, if you were truly doing, if he sat there and watched Charlie take a dump and you just rolled your eyes and walked off and didn't pick it up, sure, fucking, you know, speak your piece, dude. But like this preemptive bullshit, like, hey, man. Maybe it's people in your building. Yeah. Ever think of that? Yeah. <laughs> you moron. Yeah. And also, <laughs> we don't know each other, so how about you fucking yeah. tone it down, bud? It's not like you're my landlord. And then it's still, again, inappropriate. I just, yeah. You got to pick your battles. I know that. But it was just like, 
real, and I was having such a great day. It was like, yay, birds and, and wonderful realizations, and I was grateful, and, and then it was a thug stomp on grass. It's not like I was just yeah. doing boot camp outside of his condo. Now, do you think it's a cultural thing? Like, well, in my culture, this is yeah. just how we fucking talk to this people. This is how we talk. I, I absolutely, I did think that. And then I was like, well, whatever. <laughs> because I, I know that that's a thing, and I got to be real careful with this. Oh, but, boy. like, I've worked jobs. I've worked in kitchens. I've worked on construction sites where, you know, maybe there are people from different cultures that do. I don't have a specific example, but, like, oh, well, that's just how we do it in our culture. And it's like. Okay, understood, and I'm not trying to sound like a right-wing Republican, but you're in America now, so we don't, in our culture, we don't fucking, we're not normally that rude to one another, so maybe <laughs> adapt a little bit. Yeah. You know? well, and, okay. I, and I'm not trying to sound like, you know, speak, speak English or get out, but no, like, when it's stuff that, like, like, for example, when I, was, when I was a cop, like, sometimes you'd run across, like, certain Middle Eastern cultures where they just think it's okay to beat their wife. And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? She's my wife. And it's like, hey, when do I have to stop? Res- do I have to respect every single aspect of someone else's culture? Do I have to respect that? Well, that's no, are we supposed to turn excuse. a blind eye to, yes. to domestic violence because it's just that's how they do it. It's and it's just, like, OK, if we were in your country where you say that's OK, maybe I'll shut my mouth. But still you're, no. you're no. in this country and we don't do that here. So maybe maybe adjust a little bit to that. Here's the thing, Boo. I'd like to break something down for mm-hmm. you. The world hates women. <laughs> oh, of course. It's 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 known. It's underneath everything. It's stacked against us. Yeah. So whenever I listen to even like, well, older women or whatever, whenever I give my full attention, mm-hmm. I try to give my full attention to whoever is in front of me. Mm-hmm. I really do. And it's an ADHD exercise. And also I want to try to get better at, you know, small talk and learning about people and whatever. But- when I'm in the midst of, of doing that, it's it's amazing because people will try a lot, like, say, with even the neighbors. Like, a male neighbor will start talking over mm-hmm. an older female neighbor, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, one second. Yeah. I used to do that with my dad a lot, with mm-hmm. my mom. Like, my mom was this beautiful, quiet introvert, and she would want to say stuff, and I'd be like, Okay, go ahead, mom. And then my dad would be like, wah, 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 you know, just mm-hmm. interrupt her. And I'd be like, Dad, mom is talking. Let mom speak. Mm-hmm. And and that is just guys of that generation have made babies that are boys that, that you know, they mm-hmm. take notes. They take notes, lead by example. And it's just, it's this, um, I just wonder why why the women hate is such a thing. And why am I noticing? I mean, I'm glad I'm noticing it now. I'm noticing a lot now. But I think it's because I took over my dad's position, mm-hmm. which I was lucky to do. Yeah. And the people I deal with, the way they treated, and I observed them treating my dad for years and years and years, uh, is completely different than how they treat me. Yeah. And it's and I'm like, oh, right, I'm a, I'm a lady. Mm-hmm. I'm a girl, and I don't have, you know, my dad loved, you know, had this 
weird obsession with like perfect pinup girls. I mean, that's gross, but like my sister was basically a Barbie doll and he thought she was like the most beautiful unicorn. And that was sort of just her role. Like Mm -hmm. just look nice. Mm -hmm. That's it. And I remember going home. Like a trophy daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that there's any like weird thing there, but just the the concept (laughs) of like, I'm not attracted to my daughter, but I'm glad I have a daughter that people are attracted to. You know, yeah, I'm I mean, glad I have a quote unquote pretty daughter. You know? Yeah. Like not that he, but just like, like this, my trophy daughter. Like, and that's to put too much value into that is, is odd. But I do see both sides. Mm-hmm. I do see his point of view where it's like, well, yeah, women aren't as good as men. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of what So they she better brings. at least be pretty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, my dad always growing up was like, you know, he would make jokes, but it was, it was like, I can't wait to get her married off. You know, that was always the thing. It was, mm-hmm. do you want a boob job or, and I was like, no, I want to take groundlings classes. And that was like a big, like, what? And, you know, it was just little comments where it, it does eat at you mm-hmm. and it really does affect your self-esteem. And I am a sensitive Sally and I didn't feel like I could stand up for myself until the end of his life. Truly mm-hmm. the end of his life. I almost felt like, look, mother effer, I'm going to prove to you how awesome I am. I regret that. I regret trying to dance for somebody that didn't see dancing. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) So I know he loved me in his way. I know he was a good man. I'm not trying to just shit talk the dead. But I will say uh, misogyny ran very thick in my house. Mm -hmm. And I think it it bleeds over into next generations. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately... I can't scream at people to respect me. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And unfor- and and I love that I'm married to my secret weapon where I'm like, you take care of it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I don't even get emails returned sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, okay, Dave, you try. And if, I don't know. So the misogyny, I, maybe I'm going nuts, but it, it just, it's interesting. I'm, I'm much more aware of it mm-hmm. than I ever was. Do you, are you aware of it? Yes, I am. And um, and I'm not trying to just go no, off on... Misogyny is much like racism in that there's overt examples and there's passive examples. You know, there are some people that wear T-shirts that, that <laughs> exclaim their hatred of other races. Mm-hmm. And then there's, you know, a, a below that there's a level of racist that's, you know, on... Making racist Twitter comments and, mm, and YouTube comments God, and stuff. Yeah. And then there's people that are, I grew up, I grew up around seemingly very kind, sweet Southern people that would never, ever raise their fist to anyone, much less a person of color. What are you talking about? <laughs> we love everybody because mm-hmm. we're this and that and mm-hmm. deacon in the church. But at the same time, they they wouldn't let a black guy date their daughter. Mm-hmm. At the same time, they've never. I, I don't even know what my examples. I'm no, to, but I there, there's what just you're this saying, passive. I get it. There's this. Well, my, my the point I failed to make. There's just not even a physical example like that. But there's just this subtext and this undertone of like we wish those people no harm, but let's be honest, they're not quite in the same level as we are. It's Ugh. just this, 
you know, well, best of luck, but we're up here and you'll always be kind of over there. And that's just the way it is. And the same thing with um, sexism and misogyny of like, even in, I grew up in the in a church, in a system of God and Jesus and love and peace, but women can't be a preacher. I was just thinking that, Women yeah. can't, what kind of, really? You're going to preach this love? Did, would, is, is that a rule Jesus made? I didn't read that in the Bible. Maybe he did. I don't know. Maybe that's what, I'm, I can't speak. I'm not a theologian. Maybe I'm contradicting myself, but you would think that there aren't a whole lot. Obviously, I guess it says in the Bible that women can't do the thing, and that's why they're adhering to it. But like, are we are we interpreting that correctly? It just seems like this Jesus you speak of uh, wouldn't mind a female spreading his message, and mm-hmm. you know, just this fact that there's just so much passive misogyny that yeah. it's just like. I can't even articulate it, but no, it's I just, know. I grew up around both the racist and the, and the misogynistic points of view of like, you know, we're not overt and aggressive about it, but like, we all know that things aren't fully equal and well, that's how we like them. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really interesting too, if you say something, like how I said, okay, like, why do we hate women? Like the world hates women. You can always tell the misogynistic person if you're at a party or whatever, they'll always just like pop up and, you know, be like, I don't hate women. What are you talking about? No, I'm and 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 defensive. And it's like, yeah, okay. You're you know, <laughs> a woman just said that. Instead, a great answer perhaps would have been like, Oh, really? Can you why do you feel that way? Like, yeah, I guess I never know or you know what I mean? Like really listening. I, I'm really learning that I, I have such a hard time really being in the moment and listening, mm-hmm. especially with anxiety and ADHD. I'm mm-hmm. not trying to just blame it on that. It really takes me, I have to focus. Mm-hmm. And I just wish people would do that in in ways of um, feelings, mm-hmm. like picking up on feelings and being like, oh, okay, you know, her tone's changing, what's mm-hmm. going, you know, I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. Am I just rambling? No, I understand, Bill. I understand. And it's just... And I can't, I have no idea what that's like because I've never lived life through your eyes or through a woman's eyes or through a minority's eyes, you know? So it is hard for me to put myself in that place, but I I can imagine, I can Mm -hmm. imagine how frustrating it is. And I don't know how to articulate this, but like, I get it. It, Well, it's it's like I, I have this thing about like, I never really made it into a joke, but it's ironic that like most white supremacists are so far from being supreme. Yeah. Like I wouldn't <laughs> condone it, but you you would kind of understand it if yeah. the Rothschilds or the Kennedys were very racist because every person in my family has gone to an Ivy League school and generations of wealth and philanthropy and blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. You, it still wouldn't be justified, but you would get... If the Kennedys were like, yeah, the white supremacy, but like the people that are screaming white supremacy are so unaccomplished and often so uh, deficient, mm-hmm. both mentally and emotionally and maybe socioeconomically. But like, you're superior. You're mm-hmm. the, the, the you and your mouth breathing clan of fucking half wit waterheads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a superior race to mm-hmm. you. Okay. <laughs> got it. You know, and my point is, same thing with misogyny. Like, I get it if our only context was we worked in a factory. 
well, and guys are bigger and stronger. So they're, they're better factory workers than women. So, but it's like uh, intelligence and emotional depth. That's it's not uh, mutually. It's not exclusive to just one gender. Like the same. Unlike like I'm rambling, but like an athletic yeah, I, in an athletic context, you could say, well, naturally men are bigger and stronger. So. Guys right. are better arm wrestlers than women are. Mm-hmm. But in every other walk of life, whether it be intelligence or business or, you know, morals or, or being a good parent or being a good whatever, mm-hmm. men have no inherent advantage over women, Mm-mm. you know, mentally or emotionally. Well, what? We only could start voting when? Mm-hmm. Like, recent. Yeah. 70s, like, right? No, 60s. When did we vote? There was all that. I know. Was I should know. Whatever. Women's suffrage. Women, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Well, there's something happened in the 70s. Well, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff happening yeah. in the 70s. Yeah. The women's liberation movement and all that was in the 60s. I need and 70s. to learn more. Yeah. I need to, like, remember and learn. But yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I, I guess I'm just stating it to state it. And maybe we could all just do better at correcting it. Like, uh-huh. y- yeah. As Dr. Julie says, you're not in charge of your first thought, Uh but you are in charge of your second. Yeah. And I'm so trained, and like you, I was raised in the Christian church, and there is misogyny in Mm -hmm. Christianity. It's absolutely apparent. It's And that always made me feel bad. It Mm -hmm. always made me feel outside, and I didn't get it. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't understand, and it kind of just put a lid on where I could go. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, like, I'll, I'll be a friggin' Christian. I could be, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I wasn't a singer and I wasn't a dancer because they would, you know, have amazing gospel singers or whatever. And I, I just, that was pretty much it. And then there were, you know, deacons that were all dudes. And then there were the youth pastors that were always dudes. Mm-hmm. And, there, you know, there was never a lady. And I, and I do remember struggling with mental health and, all that when I was little, like there was just so much. And and I will say, and I've talked about this guy before, uh, my youth pastor, Brian Dunn, mm-hmm. and his wife, uh, Jennifer Dunn, who are the, I mean, they were just cool and smart. And he was our youth pastor uh, when I was a freshman in high school. So I had just lost Susie the previous year. And mm-hmm. I remember they were just heartbroken for me and they weren't just like, well, it happens for a reason or, you know what I mean? Like sweep it up under the rug. They just had this like, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. And then they like prayed with me and it like, that was all I needed, mm-hmm. you know? And that was, to me, that's spiritual. That's, that's God. That's, you know, really listening and really saying, okay, like I'm going to give this person all my attention mm-hmm. and try to learn you know, I'm learning about Ramadan, you know, because my, my ladies that burn my face off celebrate Ramadan. Remind, remind me to talk about the question you asked. Involved well, let's just, let's just get it out well, no, now. I, no, I, I don't want to sidetrack you. I want you to continue. It was such a dum-dum. I was trying to open up some doors no, that were closed. I, I get it. <laughs> no, but I, and, and when I ask them, like, oh, because it was Easter, it was, you know, you were gone you were gone on Easter, right? Mm-hmm. I forget. Okay. And I wasn't that sad on Easter this mm-hmm. year. It was very therapeutic. I just got to take care of myself. Uh, oh, yeah. Sorry, guys. Easter's what, when Susie died. What'd you do on Easter? I just hung the F out. Mm-hmm. 
Did I have a lot of weed beverages? Yes. Mm-hmm. But it was just neat. I just sat with Charlie. I sat with the boys. I organized. And it felt, it was the first Easter. I didn't have to go get Easter baskets for people. I didn't have to go and feel bad about not attending dad's house. I didn't have to go and, you know, there was no family uh Guilt, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, or and and look, like every single holiday, every single birthday, every I was there. I was there for it, and I think that might have been a tactic of, okay, let me just put all this into you know the holiday because I'm hurt. I miss my people that are here on this holiday. Yeah. But when you just get to sit with it and feel it and be like, man, that, whew, that's a hard one, and knowing like. You know, Mother's Day is coming up, and for those of you that don't have a mama, I'm so sorry, and I hear you, but just give yourself grace during this time, because I know, okay, Easter and Mother's Day, that's pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Father's Day is probably going to be hard this year, because mm-hmm. I know it's hard for you as well. I, I don't know, just being cognizant of yourself and then holding yourself accountable, it, it's it's a big job, rewiring your brain, and... uh I'm doing my best. Ooh, I think you're doing great. Thank you. I shall be a Sherpa soon. Did you want to talk about, you know, you feel like uh, you had some sort of transformation or you turned a corner while I was gone. Do you, do you want to talk about that? We don't have to. No, I'd love to. Yeah. Because, I mean, to be honest with you, I could, I could stand to hear it again. Okay. To better understand it. I, so you're gone and I am deeply depressed. Uh-huh. Like, immediately... And I don't say this to guilt you or whatever. This is just me being stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And I realize that whenever I start getting defensive or when I start lashing out on you, it's it's me being so mad at myself. It's me being like, what the F am I doing? You know, why? It's It's hard... To decipher, anyway, it. I just had this realization because it was the first time I had time. I mean, for the past four years, it has been emergency after emergency after phone call after going to Orange County after mom broke her this after dad broke his it. You know, death, funerals, weddings, like, it, and it was just all of a sudden everything stopped. You were gone. I knew you were having a great time and killing it at shows, which made me happy. But I love that God gave me this time, or Oprah, or the universe, or whatever, because it was like, oh, shit, I I haven't been taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like I put myself on hold for four years, truly. Like with, you know, I had to go into survival mode. Mm-hmm. I literally hung up my life and then went into... My family's life. And I didn't necessarily do a great job. I'm not trying to get accolades, but that was just my training of, okay, Susie died when I was 13. Let me be the family. I'll be the family. Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep this going. And guess what? Like the triangle of trust, as I used to call it, me, my mom and dad, you know, they're gone. Mm -hmm. And it's my best friends. And it's the first time I don't check in Mm -hmm. every second. And it's the first time I'm not enmeshed in their stuff. And it's Mm -hmm. the first time... I'm not trying to give advice that's not wanted. Mm-hmm. And it that all that energy was going to somebody who was in a lot of pain, was not trying to get fixed. I do believe that my mom and dad were like, go, be free. And I just wouldn't let go. And 
after I um, so I was in a real like dark contemplative place, you know, five days in. Then it was almost going to be Easter, and I decided, you know what, I'm going to do something that I've always wanted to do, and I'm going to talk to a medium now. Right, how? I didn't even know we this. Oh, okay. I wasn't even connecting these two stories together. Yeah. I didn't know you were about to tell talk about this. This is amazing. Yeah. Okay. So, guys, I am a Bravo fan. Bravo Television, hello. I love you. Also, I'm so excited for BravoCon. We'll talk about that later. That's a whole different podcast. Anyway, um, I, I remember, okay, hear me out. There was a Real Housewives of Beverly Hills episode. Uh-huh. And there was, <laughs> and one of the housewives, Kyle Richards, has a psychic. Now, Kyle Richards, I've figured out with Dr. Julie that I'm obsessed with Beverly Hills Housewives because I feel like I see a lot of sisterly stuff going on. Like Kyle's sister struggles with alcoholism and is just a nut. And, you know, it. but they've had, um, and they lost their mom. You know, it's just very like, oh, okay, good. Like, I'm not alone Mm -hmm. in a weird way. And they have a medium. And so I looked this girl up online, and and there she is just on Instagram, and I'm reading. And for those who don't know what a medium is, I mean, most people do, Mm -hmm. but just clarify. Oh, yeah. She's, um, she speaks to, like, uh, spirits. So she doesn't believe in death, which is fascinating, and I want to talk to her more about that, but, um... Basically, she is a she can hear from beyond. So it's almost like a seance. Mm-hmm. Like think of it as a seance that you're with somebody, and she does have a gift of hearing, you know, people in your life that are still with you. So she hears spirits talk. Like it's almost like just commun. They're just communicating mm-hmm. to you. I on the phone call, uh, we begin, and I send her, and I forget. I forget to send her. I have to send her pictures of who I want to communicate with. So I sent her a picture of my mom. And then I also sent her a picture of my dad. I sent her a picture of Susie. And in a picture, I just wanted her to know what I looked like. So I sent a picture of me and my other sister. And then I also sent a picture of my dad and two, uh, my two nephews. Okay. Now, why did she want to you to send all those pictures? She wanted to, I don't know. She said, I, I usually ask, she said, I usually get the pictures a day before, but like, I don't know. I don't know why she needed the picture. She didn't really give me a thing, but she... Um, I wonder, I mean, it's obviously helps her process somehow. Yeah, like I think it helps her. Well, yes, as I remember-ish, she uh, she says that with the picture, since she can look and then that connects her through spirit with that loved one. Interesting. And so, you know, it was, so I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm in our living room and she goes, wow, you have, you know, she's like, hold on. And, 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 and I, and I just hear her say, wow, you have a lot of loud <laughs> like really? angels. So, okay. Walk us through this, like in real time, let's act this out. But like, the moments before she said, wow, you have a lot of loud angels. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, did she say something to the effect of like, okay, I'm, 
I'm opening the door now and I'm going to look inside and see what's going on. Or like, how does she get into that space to where she first makes contact with these loud angels? Great question. Um, And also let's go ahead and I don't think she said angels because I don't believe, she doesn't believe in death. Um, So yeah, she's a clairvoyant, she's a healer and yeah. Um, So what happens is I, I sent her the pictures. We started, it was a half hour Mm -hmm. And I just, I, it's why am I coming to her to do this? Mm-hmm. My loved one's passed. I want to understand. And I was just so depressed and so anxious and so sad. And it's just been, I've just been off my game. And I know it's grief, but I also know I just needed levity. You know, it's just been such a dark time for me personally. And I I know that I I selfishly am like, oh, I miss familiarity. I miss mm-hmm. having that space to go to. I mean, I basically lived at my dad's for the past four years, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, the apartments and stuff, I would come, you know, I was always driving. I was always going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were times about a year ago mm-hmm. where, like, I rarely saw you throughout the week. Yeah, I would and spend the night there. Yeah. Well, they made me a cute little bedroom. Remember? That mm-hmm. was so sweet. Yeah. Only took <laughs> a lot to get that. But anyway... Um, I just, so I was, it was odd because our, our new apartment is just such a beautiful, it feels like a tree house mm-hmm. and a bird, a bird. <laughs> like, I just feel like a bird, especially in the living room because of the pretty windows. And yeah. so I'm talking to her and she says, where are you inside the apartment when you're talking to her? I am on, uh, the couch, uh, not the couch, but the uh, chair next to the couch. So I'm just facing... The chair I normally sit in? Yeah. Gotcha. So I'm sitting in the big chair, and it, I I didn't know if it was going to be sad. I didn't know if it was going to be total bullshit. I didn't know if it was going to, you know. And I do this stuff all the time. I mean, years ago, I used to go to healers, and, you know, I, I'm very open-minded. Uh, now I have a cognitive behavioral therapist, which works for me better. But yeah, I'm open to whatever. If I, I do believe in intuitives. I do believe there are people that lie, and she could be one. I don't think she is. Um, so yeah, we're sitting there, and I said, what are they doing? Like, what are they? And she said, they're very happy. They're very happy. And you're, you're, I don't know, there's a, there's a voice saying, I'm so glad you got married. You looked beautiful. And I automatically knew that was my mom. Automatically. I was like, oh my gosh, that's my mom. That's my mom. Cause she was so traditional. Mm-hmm. And I, Wanted to marry you, obviously, but we've had this conversation. It's never been like, I'm not a wedding person. I was kind of Mm -hmm. a deadbeat bride, you know, and, and I, there's a lot to that and there's a lot of my stuff going on, but I think. What do you mean deadbeat bride? I just didn't feel like, I was just so sad and stressed and you know what I mean? Like I, I don't know, just leading up to it was so stressful for me with the timing and dad and, you know, it was Uh just a lot of yikes. But, but it was so, it was just so something my mom would say was appropriate. And I used to go home every single weekend, even through college. Um, And I remember just showing up, my mom and dad would always just be sitting in their little den area. They had this huge house and they would always just (laughs) choose the small den. 
and they would have their two chairs and they would sit. And I think they just liked the coziness of it. Mm-hmm. And we would just, they would have their Chevron coffee because they thought that machine at Chevron was like the <laughs> coolest, best <laughs> coffee. And whatever, you know, diet they were on or whatever breakfast my mom would make for my dad. But, and we would just all talk and visit. And it was never this deep, Stuff. It was just, all right, well, I put gas in the gas tank and what are you doing? What else is going on? What's the world? You know, and uh-huh. it was always just fast. And then it was also mom, you know, chiming in. And she used to do the cutest thing because my dad would just talk and talk and talk. And then she would be like, do the timeout sign. Uh-huh. And then she'd be like, timeout. My turn. And then she'd just change the subject. Like, no, good. I'm good taking, ca- yeah, good yeah. job, mama. But it felt like I was sitting with them having that experience, and that's what was crazy. Like I, the what they were saying to me was just this light. Like, well, they they kept talking about how proud of the apartment they are, the new place, the apartment. They just keep wow. talking about the apartment and where you live, and you know. And and that's so my dad, like, well, she's in West Hollywood, I don't know, chasing the dream. Like, he'd always yeah. just make fun of me. But, like, it it felt like, oh, a sense of pride. Like, they, I did something good, uh-huh. you know? And and they just kept saying... Um, well, they're probably glad that you're doing... It, it, it's a weird position for them in the afterlife to be in, in that they're probably proud that you're finally doing what you're supposed to be doing, but at the same time realizing that they're the ones that kept you from doing that earlier in terms of yeah. you know, well, how, how valuable you know, you were my, as a family. My choice, though, too. I, yeah. I chose that. But, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're talking. Uh, so then I'm like, oh, really? And so then I kind of switch, and I'm like, and she's like, and, and someone's saying to be careful and always find your keys. Your key, don't lose your keys, Kate. And that's dad. Because I would always friggin' lose my keys in front of him. He's like, God damn it. You know? And uh, he he he's like, uh, something about the car, because now I I drive my dad's car. Mm -hmm. And it's like, uh, they said, be careful of parking on the street. The street's really busy. Like, don't be careful getting out. And that was my mom, Mm -hmm. because she was so cautious of me. And like... There were just... And yes, it could just be random BS. I understand this, but... Where I was mentally and emotionally, uh-huh. it didn't feel that way. Really? It felt like I was hanging out with my mom, dad. I, I felt Susie in the background. I felt my Nana. It was just like a big, stupid conversation. And it made me remember like, oh, yeah, they, they're happy. Uh-huh. And, and then a minute later, Rebecca says... They want you to know they're healthy and they're at their health. They're not, there's no sickness. Mm-hmm. They're, they're free of sickness. And I just started crying because I was so happy. Like I felt, I felt like it's okay. Like let us go, mm-hmm. but we're here. And she said that they talk through, they, they send me birds and hummingbirds as little like signs and and she said one one's very loud one's very loud and I'm like that's my dad and she said thank he said thank you for doing the memorial is there a memorial or something and I was like yes you know see okay that's interesting mm-hmm. because a lot of this stuff 
It's vague. And, and I understand that that's kind of how a lot of the, these psychics and mediums, you know, operate. That, you know, you say if it's vague enough, it could apply to mm-hmm. almost any customer, mm-hmm. you know, or whoever's on the phone with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of this stuff, though, did seem like you would perceive it as like, oh, no, that is something Susie would say. That mm-hmm. is something Dad would say. Uh, but my point is now is the fact that she did now did you tell her you had a memorial or a funeral or, no. or anything? The fact that she said memorial and not funeral. Mm-hmm. She said memorial because if you were gonna guess, if you you know the be vague in the percentages, there's probably you would probably refer to a funeral more than you would a memorial. But the fact that she said memorial. And it was so something I didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. Again, like the wedding thing, it, things that I, you're supposed to do mm-hmm. traditionally really freaks me out. Mm-hmm. That's my stuff. I need to deal with that. But, you know, that's just the way it is. But I did that for dad. Mm-hmm. I did that so, okay, you know what I mean? People can say goodbye. It's more important, you know, than my shit. And I and it was a nice memorial. Yeah. It was a nice memorial. It was sweet. It was, it was you know, my dad. Yeah. Yeah, I just I thought it was a, a good event. It really uh, honored him. It did I? I thought so, but it. So I love that he gave me that credit. It it was just like our Saturday mornings or Sunday mornings when I would go, and and it was so funny because she's like, oh, and some girl, <laughs> there's a feminine or energy. And I was like, uh-huh, because mom wasn't very feminine energy. Like, mm-hmm. she was quiet, but, like, she was kind of a tomboy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was an energy that said, we used to have a lot of fun. We would go to the beach. And, and she was like, and something about swimming. And it's so true. Susie would always take me in her Honda Del Sol to the beach. And we would, and she taught me how to swim because I, I was so anxious with the waves. I was nervous that they were going to hurt me, but she would hold my hand through the waves and I would, you know, mm-hmm. prepare. And, and she just knew Katie language. So she knew how to, you know, teach me and not make me scared. Mm-hmm. And, and that is so Susie. I just picture her up somewhere in the great beyond, just like organizing or <laughs> going somewhere like the heaven Nordstrom's or whatever and being busy and, oh, yeah, tell her this. And it, I've never felt it, all the therapy, all the stuff. There was just – it was coming to a head of like I just can't hear I'm grieving anymore. Like I yeah. know I'm depressed, you know, frick. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, yeah, they were humans, and it was light, and it was levity. Because at the end of their lives, it was sad. It was watching two people really sick that I loved. And no matter what, I picked up on that energy. You know, sorry. Someone knocking. No, I don't know. Charlie, (laughs) I think he's being, okay. Anyway. But, yeah, I just think it was just special, and it was really cool. And I think uh, I just... I don't know. I was honored. I was proud that I did it. It wasn't a waste of money. And honestly, it calmed my nervous system. And since that session with Rebecca, uh, and it wasn't, she. I didn't buy a package. I even asked her, like, so do people come to you weekly? And she's like, no, they check in with me year to year just so they can talk to the people that their loved ones that have passed. Like, you get somehow she has a a wonderful gift where she can hear and commune with the people that are no longer living. Boo, do you realize how fascinating this is? Yes, I do. I love it, and I'm obsessed. If there's any, if there's a smidgen of truth to what this lady is saying, Mm -hmm. if there's just a, if she got one of these messages correct, 
Yeah. Then that means, at the very least, that there is something in the afterlife. There's some sort of afterlife, as opposed. Uh, we haven't talked much about this, but I'm agnostic. I, I'm, I'm not uh, a Christian, mm-hmm. um, but I'm not an atheist. Mm-hmm. I've always said, well, not always. I grew up a Christian, but uh, and I'm, I'm not trying to tell that whole story. But one day it just hit me. It's like nobody knows. I'm smart yeah. enough to know yeah. that I don't know. Nobody now, knows. if if and I also think, and this is an aside, but I also think. You know, spirituality and God is whatever you really want it to be. And whatever it takes, whether it be traditional God and religion or some sort of cosmic spirituality, whatever it may be, whatever you need to get you through the day Mm -hmm. and to keep you going and to keep you positive and charged, so be it. Right. You know, uh, personally, I just I don't know what to think. I don't I don't want to be an atheist. I don't want to believe that just nothing is just nothing, just science and dust, yeah. you know. But um, I also am not convicted that, you know, there's a traditional, you know, Christian biblical God in heaven. But mm-hmm. um, if nothing else, if there's any truth to this and she's communicating mm-hmm. with the spirits or the souls or the whatever of your family members, then that means something is going on. And that's... Incredible. Mm-hmm. That's that's so interesting that not that this is proof or evidence, but no. but in a in a hypothetical situation where she's like, "Hey, you don't have to believe me, but this is true. I am speaking to these people." Then that means something's going on in the afterlife, and that's promising. It's pro- it's hopeful. Mm-hmm. It's hopeful, and it well for me. Look, grief is a. I mean, I've never experienced such a mother effort. Like, it hurts. It's heartbreak. It's just... But everyone has a different experience. You can never just say, okay, well, call a psychic. You know, like, that was something I had to do for me. And I had to find some levity. And, you know, some people go on year-long hikes. Or some people really take time. Or some people ignore it and and don't grieve. And then their rage and sadness come out later. Uh, But you just have to, for me, after that session, it made me so happy that they're happy. Mm -hmm. And even if I I do believe that they're together, I do. And and the fact that they're healthy, Mm -hmm. like the fact that they're all together and just being their crazy selves. I mean, I come from a, a, a gaggle of characters. Like, we are a motley crew, the Stramberg clan. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And as much as, you know, there's mental illness and there's, you know, there's there's hard stuff. But in a way, I'm just so grateful for learning, especially at the end, getting, getting the opportunity to seeing what my mom and dad actually did, yeah. how they actually functioned as a couple. I got to see their love in a way that I, I feel honored. Like I got to observe when it was our little triangle, just me, my mom, and dad. I mean, I was basically an only child, mm-hmm. you know, uh, when I was 13 on. Like, hello, it was the Katie show, mm-hmm. so no wonder. <laughs> I'm <laughs> selfish. But I think it's just so... Warm and it reminds me of the good because the hardest part that I didn't even realize I was picking up on was when someone's in pain, when someone's bored, when someone's depressed. And of course they are. You're at the end of your life. You know, my mom and dad were in not the best place for many years. 
And I didn't know. I didn't know how sick my mom was. Absolutely not. I didn't know how much pain my dad was in. And I, I felt like I, I was given such a great opportunity to be able to, you know, and I was kicking and screaming when I was taking care of my mom and being selfish and annoying, but seeing her perspective and, and really understanding like, oh, older people, we're all going to get older. Mm-hmm. And I'm older right now than I've ever been. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but I, I just have learned so much of like the art of listening, the art of observing, the art of understanding, wow, okay, I understand, Dad, why you would freak out about this. Mm-hmm. Or I understand how much stress you were under mm-hmm. when you were providing for three girls. And 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 of course you were misogynistic. You had three, four girls that you grew up with. You know, not, I mean, yeah. in his adult life. Yeah. And, you know, he was the protector. He was, you know, aunt, he had a younger sister he took care of. Like he was, and there's a lot of strength to that and, and like confidence. But there's also a lot of, you know, pressure and a lot of work that goes into that too. And I can't imagine losing a child. I can't imagine losing a wife. I can't imagine having so much mental illness regarding his other two daughters. You know, I I, I have a lot. And not being able to connect and not, you know, I really do understand. But it took me going to death boot camp, basically, to get there. And so... Through the grief process, I'm trying to be like, okay, what did I learn? And first, we don't treat old people kindly at all. (laughs) No one. I mean, it's sad. But also, I mean, we all just kind of, our body wears out. Like, if you just kind of logically look at it, it's like, okay, you wear out. Just like a purse or whatever. I mean, (laughs) it just happens. But sitting with somebody that's sick or being with somebody, the littlest thing, if you have anyone in your life, old, young, whatever, a text, an emoji, I swear to God, anytime, or if you know somebody struggling like with their parent or whatever, any type of reach out is going to make that person feel great. Yeah. Not trying to tell them how to grieve, not trying to help, not trying to just... You know, anything. And I just, I want to encourage people to do that because I'm, I'm really on the, they're okay. They're okay train. Mm -hmm. I know in my soul, I did all that I could. I know that I'm doing all I can now. I know I'm doing a good job. Yeah. There were bumps and bruises on the way, but I learned a lot and I'm going to, you know, it made me who I am. Absolutely, boo. Yeah. Going back to like the acknowledging the existence of old people and any type of... That's one of the most basic human needs, just primal of just connection. Mm -hmm. I just want to connect with another human being to some degree. Everybody's got their... Their measuring stick. Some people want to connect. They're codependent. You know, they they Mm -hmm. have to have... Attachments. Even hermits and introverts at some point in your day or week or maybe month, at some point, you're going to have that desire to just have some sort of human connection. Of course. And that's something I always think about with homeless folks. Hmm. And the obvious battle that they're dealing with 
out there is getting enough food and staying warm and, you know, not having to, and trying to be safe. Like we all think about that, but I, sometimes I think like beyond all that, when's the last time anybody asked this person their name? Hmm. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not trying to, uh, what's, what's the new term? Not humble brag, but uh, virtue signal. But, you know, I, when I interact with homeless folks, I always ask them their name. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they look at me like, what? And you just tell them, like, nobody cares mm-hmm. what my name is. Yeah. Can I have a dollar so I can get a cup of coffee? But, yeah. like, I always think, and that, you know, that's not their, that's probably not their biggest uh, concern. You know, uh, it'd probably be behind food and shelter and health and safety. But, like, because, you know, any help towards them usually is focused on those obvious uh, problems, but sometimes I just think like, oh man, it's just gotta suck to be that alone in the universe. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Well, and also, and I, I yes, it does suck and it's horrible. But in a way, it was funny. I was driving uh, with sister from another Mister Liz. Uh-huh. We were when we were coming up here about a month ago. She was helping helping me out, um, as she always does. I mean, geez, she's like a saint crazy okay so we're driving and she goes well and i i looked at a homeless person and and um they were i'm sorry homeless we can't say that yeah i'm I'm sorry i don't know uh uh unhoused unhoused person was using a palm frond and sweeping and i was like but they looked so happy and i was like that would be me that (laughs) would be me if i didn't have my family, uh, I mean, it, I struggled so much with mental illness. Like if I wasn't medicated, if I didn't have the opportunity to go to therapy, if I, you know, like I am a step away from that, mm-hmm. no matter what, we all are. And so it's like, well, in a way, it's you You do have this freedom. You're, you aren't housed. You don't have, of course, there are dangers. You're never, but... Like, if you look at it, like, look, like, we don't need all these possessions. We don't need all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Basic humanity is we need a job. <laughs> we want to do something. And 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 just be present and be outside and be, you know, there's, I'm not trying to be like, be homeless. <laughs> but I do find it like, I, I, it is such a wake-up call. And I'm so gr- grateful that I'm where I am. But that. And I know that's me and my hard work and whatever the frick, but like, it's family that's that's helped me. Well, of course, yeah. You know, and and it, you know, I just wish there was opportunity, or and I know there is, and people are, you know, I need to do better at that. But it's just, uh, yeah, I I look at unhoused people and I'm like, yeah, I could, I could see myself. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, what's the old <laughs> right after I said I'm agnostic? Uh, What's the Bible verse? Uh, but by the grace of God go I. Mm-hmm. Did I get that right? But I like, have no idea. But, but sounds good. But something to the effect of like, you know, only God is keeping me from being homeless or mm-hmm. sick or whatever, mm-hmm. fill in the blank, you know. like, And if you think about it, like, I think some people are arrogant to think otherwise, but like any of us could su- suffer a string of, circumstances that could lead us to to being unhoused Mm -hmm. you know well yeah we're all human and i just 
Yeah, there's just so much. There's just so much to learn, boo. (laughs) (sighs) I got emotionally overwhelmed just now. That's okay, boo. Yeah. But you, you, that was a real transformative experience. Yeah, and that was halfway through. And then after, it was like, oh, okay. Like, I'm allowed to be happy. I'm allowed to be weird. I'm allowed to be the Katie that I... No, I am. I'm not being shamed. I'm not being made fun of. I'm not being uh, the eye roll, like, what's with this one? Mm-hmm. You know, it's there's that undertone a lot, unfortunately, in my family. And yeah. I can read people very well, and I pick up on emotions, and that's on me because that's their stuff. But, you know, it was survival mode for mm-hmm. four years, and coming out of that and finally having like a place I love and I'm I'm far enough away where I don't feel triggered by, you know, mm-hmm. environment and I look back on that time as as emotional college in a way mm-hmm. because I mean talk about triggers like you're with your mom and dad all the time. I mean, I was with my family all the time. My family's not like the Brady bunch. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like hard. Mm-hmm. I used to like have to, you know, that we're a harsh crowd and I could go there too. I could be a little B word, but it's um it it was so hard for me to realize like wait, I'm making my own misery right now. I'm choosing suffering. Yeah. I'm choosing to look at this and see a dying mother. Well, no, she's sick. You know, break it down. She broke her hip. She's in bed. She's so sick of my dad. You know what I mean? They, you know, she hasn't gone. Like, if you logically look at it and it's like, okay, well, what can I do? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's just go sit and watch Murder, She Wrote. Or let's just, you know, or just lay next to her. Like, there's not, I don't know. I just, I felt like a sense of relief. Like, they're okay. Yeah. I don't need to worry anymore. And f- that's first time in my life. I swear to God. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. It's insane to not go anywhere, but then also have that time of um, acceptance, uh-huh. I guess, you know, and, and self-acceptance. My dad was amazing. My dad was hard on me. He was very hard. He even knew it, and yeah. he didn't know why. He was. And, you know, thank you, but also No. Your perspective of me is not the life I want to live. Mm-hmm. So, you know, thank you for what you gave me, but I, I, I deserve more. Well, spiritually and emotionally. And I feel like that's part of just growing up and becoming a a, a full fledged adult is when you realize, like, you spend your whole childhood and adolescence and wanting to please your parents. Mm-hmm. You know, that's your that's your first, you know. Or it's save the, them, or yes, yeah. It's your first authority figure, you know. It's it's you know it's the family connection, it's the parental uh, child bond, but it's it's inherent to want to impress them and and to win their approval, and uh, but when you finally realize, realize like okay, I I love my family, I love my parents, I am appreciative of what they've done for me, and they you know. I'm fortunate that I did come from a good family that do did do a lot of good for me, both like um, morally and just, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of like uh, principles and values and, you know, obviously physical well-being, you know, was always fed and clothed. But when you realize that like 
ultimately, I got to live the life I want to live. I can't live the life that would be a nice little resume of life for them to retell their church friends. Mm -hmm. You know, if I don't, you know, just fill in the blank in terms of the example. But, you know, my parents wanted me to be a dentist, but I don't want to be a dentist. I want to be a musician. Like, Mm -hmm. whatever it may be, like, you can't just structure your life around pleasing anyone else, family or not. You have to live the life that you want to live. Mm-hmm. Now, if that life is hurting people, unrighteous and, <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. and, and hurts people, then yeah, maybe friends and family need to step in and let's all have a conversation. But if you're not hurting anybody and you're also not a burden on anyone, run away, bunny. Do your thing. Yeah. Go. Be happy. Mm-hmm. My parents did. They wanted me to be happy. Mm-hmm. They were proud of me. They were supportive of my career. Like, they, they thought I was crazy and... You know, but I, I am grateful for that, and I am. I know that my dad regretted a lot regarding me towards the end because he finally saw, like, oh, she's capable. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's smart. Yeah. Oh, she's, you know, she's she's reliable. She's not this flighty nitwit that I've sort of painted in a corner. Mm-hmm. And then that was the role I followed suit. You know, I okay, I'll just be like the Phoebe character, and da da da. Like, but. You know, having time to not be anything for anyone except love you and and rebuild my life. Like I'm 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 knitting together a life that I love, which mm-hmm. is my boo, which is Charlie, which is Harvey, which is Truman, which is Mark and Virgie in the courtyard, which is walking to Starbucks. So it's just a slow, you know, putting Legos together. Mm-hmm. Because my whole world got taken away. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a healthy world for me emotionally, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say thank you, you know, past, for giving me the strength that I need for whatever future is going to come, you know? Like, I always think you go through hard because you got to learn something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're not I'm no one doesn't go through tragedy. Someone's tragedy. There's no you can't compare. There's no comparison. Yeah. And and we try to do that a lot because it's like, well, at least I'm not blah. And it's like, no, no, your your feelings are valid. It's okay to be sad. Mm-hmm. But then don't sit in that. Mm-hmm question it, you know, be like, okay, why am I, oh, wow, Dave just said something to me in a tone, and I am immediately, <laughs> my spine is up, I feel defensive. Just a specific example, what I said? No, I'm just saying, <laughs> no, 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 not, no, no, no but I, I like, you know, and then it's me catching, instead of reacting, it's me going, oh, hey, boo, I'm having a weird time right now, like, I know you, is this what you meant? This is what I heard. Mm-hmm. Is that, and I know that's not what you meant, and giving you the benefit of the doubt, yeah. and not just, I was just around a really funny character that reacted so much that it's almost like I took on some of his personality. Well, of course. And it, and it didn't look good on me. It wasn't mm-hmm. a good color. Yeah. And I just, I think, I think I have a lot more to give uh, because I do have all that energy to... And I can host people, and I can be happy, and I can get gifts for people that care, and I can put my energy into things that matter to me. Yeah. 
people that matter to me, yes. people that, that fill my soul cup, that mm-hmm. don't just roll their eyes or think I'm stupid or don't listen or respect me. Like, I was trying so hard. It feels like I was trying to be like a part of a sorority that just wasn't having me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, all right, then I'll start my own. Mm-hmm. And And that's what I'm trying to do because life is so crazy and silly and... We're all just so weird to each other, <laughs> but I just feel like I'm going to do my best, and I'm lucky. I, I mean, I wouldn't have survived four years without you, boo. Swear to God. No, oh, of course you would, boo. No, I'd be literally with my palm frown sweeping. <laughs> no. Swear. Well, I can tell that you've. Uh, this is kind of like when you <laughs> tell your wife that you could tell she's lost weight. No, I always love that I, compliment, which you didn't tell uh, me this time because um, I'm not um, uh, I can tell you turned a corner. I could tell uh, since I've been home, there's just been a lot more um, sparkle in your eye. Levity. Mm-hmm. It feels. I feel lighter. Mm-hmm. I really do. I feel like the weight of my worry, my projection of the situation – you know, my experience isn't my nephew's experience. My experience isn't my sister's experience. My experience is mine. And I wasn't emotionally, I didn't have the emotional bandwidth when I first started this adventure with taking care of my mom and dad. I was just trying to like save the day. Yeah. And guess what? I'm a human. I'm not God. I can't save the day. But I I can reserve my energy and, 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 and find peace. And, and whoever disrupts that piece, kindly leave. Absolutely. Because I, I've worked so hard to curate this life, and I'm going to continue to. And I get to do that with you, and that's pretty awesome, you know? Yeah, I was telling Kyle, I, I'm having kind of um, whatever the opposite of an existential crisis is. <laughs> um, well, here, let's, let's crack open this egg real quick. We haven't really referred too much to this, but... You inherited some real estate from your dad, and we don't have to talk dollars and cents, but let's put it this way. We have passive income now. Mm-hmm. We have some passive income. Which never, we're, we're, never not, we're not buying a yacht anytime soon, but we have a little bit of passive income, and if we're just not idiots about it, we're uh, going to just keep that spigot flowing, hopefully, right. for years. Uh, again, well, nothing, cra- like- nothing crazy, nothing to, to boast about, just... Uh, we are now in this new foreign position to where we don't have to scrape and salvage every nickel just to pay the rent. Yes. Like I have been in every day <laughs> since I left my parents' home at 19. Of course. Um, I have always, it's all, you know. It's expensive to live. Always got to check the, the price of the, uh, on the menu. You know, you can never, I've never been able to just, uh, what you need? Uh, the, uh. You need the lighting thing? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> why Why do you need that? Uh, I'm going to fart for you okay. and light it on fire. Gotcha. Have you ever done that? No. Well, just, come on. Isn't that crazy that that works, though? Okay, let's, sorry, sidebar. <laughs> anyway, go back to your No, I'm rambling. No, no, no. I'm rambling. <laughs> I'm saying uh, we got some passive income now. Yeah. And I was talking about this the other day, how just in the last few years, the peaks and valleys that it's been in that some of the worst things in your life have happened, but some of the best things in your life have also happened. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, six weeks apart, the best day of your 
one could argue the best day of your life and the worst day in your life were six weeks apart between November and December 25th. That's true. You know? That's so true. And that's crazy to be on that kind of roller coaster. Emotionally, yeah. It's, you know? it's, it's well, in the adrenaline and the excitement. And then it's like, okay, we have that amazing thing. Mm-hmm. And then cool. And then the holidays. Like, because we won mm-hmm. in November so that we could go into Christmas. Mm-hmm. And the fact that my dad passed away on Christmas is hilarious mm-hmm. because I don't think it was him shitting on my holiday. Because I love Christmas, guys. Mm-hmm. If you don't haven't listened, I'm <laughs> obsessed. Like all, a lot of people are. Yeah. But... It's like it, it was just him being like, "All right, I'm going out with a bang. Mm-hmm. This is my, this is my swan song on this bizarre holiday." And I, I don't want to ruin Christmas. I, I do want to celebrate because mm-hmm. I love giving gifts. And but, but Christmas can look differently for us now. You know what I mean? It's gonna look different than what I think an American family Christmas should look like. And then you go visit grandma and grandpa and like, you know, I don't have that, but I have a boo. I have a Charlie. I have Mark and Virgie. I have my aunt. I have, you know, there's just this gaggle of safety that I do have. And why not celebrate that instead of focusing on some past stuff that that really hurt my past self and current, but not, you know, just dwelling on that. Like, look at the past to learn, but don't stare at it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And my point is, with the uh, opposite of an existential crisis, I just meant, it just hit me the other day that, oh, and, and this also is uh, in conjunction with something else that happened recently. I, I failed to mention this on this episode, but when uh, this tour totally reinvigorated yeah. My love of, of, of comedy. I knew I, I'd been it. in a creative. I'd been in a creative rut. Mm-hmm. I had been in kind of a creative existential crisis. In that, um, I'm, I'm past that phase where I'm a bitter LA comic <laughs> who's like, oh, why don't I have a Netflix special? I truly don't give a shit about uh, achievements and credits at this point. If, if they come, great. I'm not going to turn down a Netflix special. But my point is, I'm less concerned with my resume and more concerned with just getting as good as I can at stand-up and building a broader fan base to sell, have more people at my shows, to have them be more uh, of a significant mm-hmm. uh, event in the towns that I visit. But my point is, um, I'm reinvigorated with stand-up. We're coming out of this, you know, it's never going to fade, but you're, you're coming out of the uh, immediate mourning phase of yeah. your father. Uh, we're newly married. Mm-hmm. Um, not that this replaces anything, or, and I know we wouldn't, but like at the end of the day, like I said, we, this is a new discovery that we now have some passive income. So that's a lifestyle bonus there. So the fact that like, okay, <laughs> no more of Katie's parents can die. <laughs> Uh, we don't have to worry. Of, like you were talking about this whole episode, it's it's things that you used to have to worry about. Now you don't have to worry about because you don't have any choice. They're gone. Do you it know what is I'm saying? funny. I'm so codependent that it took death mm-hmm. for me to be independent. Truly. Yeah. I mean, really, I, I was so, I am good in a crisis. Yeah. That is one thing. You call me and you're like, my mom's dying. I will f- take a flight and I will come <laughs> out there and I will do whatever. You know what I mean? I know how to I know how to survive in that. Yeah. I don't know how to survive in daily routine and taking care of yourself. Yeah. I don't know how to sur- it takes 
I'm retraining myself to take accountability. I'm retraining myself to, uh, oh, budget. I should, Mm -hmm. you know, be a human. Like, I, it's interesting how much I let slide due to my fight or flight mode for the past four years. Yeah, that's true. But my crisis came in the realization. Sorry. (laughs) We don't. Like it or not, we don't have to worry about your parents and their health anymore. Yes. Okay? Um, Like it, (laughs) not or not, but like it that we've got a little passive income. We don't have to, if we play our cards right, neither one of us are going to have to work a part-time job at Pizza Hut. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've done that my whole life. I have nothing, again, I'm not talking down to people that work at Pizza Hut. I'm saying, fortunately... With the combination of certain things, you know, uh, whatever I contribute to the table, whatever we've acquired recently, if we play our cards right, we're, we're never going to have to work a part-time job to pay the mm-hmm. rent. So that's exciting. Um, we're married. We're in love. Mm-hmm. That's going great. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Uh, I think maybe the big uh, ingredient to what my point here is the fact that we don't have children and are mm-hmm. not going to have children. Mm-hmm. Uh, j- the simple fact that we don't have to worry about you know, that's yeah. a whole other story about whether we wanted, We've why we didn't want to. not to have children We're, for a reason. Yes. There you the go. fact that that's we don't it. have End to worry about raising kids, the fact that we don't have to save for college, it's like, oh, all we have to do, and combined with my new uh, reinvigorated lust for comedy, all I have to do is stay healthy, love my wife, hmm. and write jokes, and do a couple of podcasts with my buddy and my wife. Like, like, like mm. <laughs> it just kind of hit me. Like, I my whole life, you just plan for the future, the future, the future, the future. And now it's like, oh, my present could be my future. And then I just hang out with my buddies, write jokes, hang out with my wife, record podcasts. Occasionally I travel, tell those jokes. You know, I know I got to work on my health and my fitness to mm-hmm. prolong all this, you know, make that a priority. But the fact that, and again, I'm well aware that what's the old saying, tell God your plans and watch him laugh. Oh, yeah. I'm I mean, well aware I'm that everything, could, that. we could have an earthquake tomorrow. Right. Everything's and gone. Everything's, I get that. I'm just saying, as the real world linear timeline has gone thus far, if I just keep doing what I'm doing, and just enjoy life and be in the moment. Mm-hmm. And that there's a um, there's a real liberation to acknowledging that and realizing that. And again, I know it could all change tomorrow. But I'm just saying in this universe that if things go according to plan, mm-hmm. uh, it's just so refreshing. Because my whole life, I've worried about money. I've worried about the future. I've worried about... These relationships and those relationships, I've worried about business and career, and now it's just like, man, everything's good. I'm just chilling. It's really interesting when you say that. It's so true, I think, with everybody. It's like when you have a cluttery closet or, you know, how our bedroom looks right now because I am just was like, never mind, I'm not going to organize this week. But you, your brain doesn't have 
clarity, really, Mm because you're just focused on the mess. It's like, oh, my gosh, it's chaos. Mm -hmm. And it's like the chaos of your worry was all of that, and now that is clear. And now how interesting that now you have this reinvigorated thing because your brain has room. Mm -hmm. You you took that worry out. You you spring cleaned and you organized, and now it's like, okay, let's see – you're naturally talented. You're funny as F. You're, you know, this is what you're supposed to do. You're a great stand-up comedian. I mean, yeah, how awesome. And you get to your, I believe, in vocation. I, you're doing your vocation, and that's so great to see. Yeah, and just the new approach to it. Like I said, uh, 10 years ago, it was all about just agents and managers and Conan and late night sets. And, and again, if any of that stuff comes my way, fine. But I've in a, in a career uh, perspective, I've, I've come to the realization that I don't need any of that shit to happen. I don't need Hollywood to let mm-hmm. me record Stonebirds. No. Boogie monster podcast never has to be greenlit by a dipshit executive. Mm-hmm. You know, me, I don't need I don't need an agent, obviously, to tour. Mm-hmm. Never had an agent. Been touring for over a decade now, mm-hmm. just completely DIY. Uh, I don't need any of I don't need anybody to throw me a bone, and I don't give a shit. Whereas mm-hmm. ten years ago, that's all I cared about, and and five years ago, I just all I cared about was like, oh, what am I gonna? How am I going to make a living when I'm mm-hmm. older? And just like, and then you know, oh, who am I? Am I ever going to find true love? And like. All these things are falling into place, and it's just like, it's trippy, but it's awesome. It is. And yeah. it's, well, being in the moment is a is a secret superpower. Mm-hmm. I, I do, I think we're always like, okay, and I do this all the time, especially with ADHD, like, okay, I have to, okay, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? And mm-hmm. your mind just keeps going, going, going. And it's like, okay, once once I go on that, you know, hamster wheel, I have to pause myself, and then I have to say, okay... Breathe. Mm-hmm. Look at something in the room. Okay, boogie monster poster. All right, there's the, you know you just have to like put yourself back in the moment, mm-hmm. and that's just what meditation is and stuff. But like I believe your whole day can be meditation. I believe the whole like okay, I'm in traffic. I want to scream at everybody. All right, well, or maybe the universe and God wants you to tune into a certain radio or podcast thing that you've never listened to, and mm-hmm. maybe you'll get something great out of it. Or yeah. you know, just be open to the experience. Mm-hmm. I'm coming at life now as, oh, okay, what can I learn? Like, yeah. because guess what? I, what, five, ten years ago, same. I was like, I want to be a series regular, and I'm going to get them and everything, and mm. new headshots, and, you know. And, and now I'm like, oh, is that even what I'm supposed to do? Huh, I don't know. Let, let me be open to other things. Yeah. Let me do my good, you know, let me just see. But I never got that room. Yeah. I never got that time. And... Especially going through mom and dad's death, I feel like, all right, uh, L.A. doesn't scare me. Hollywood doesn't scare me. It's like, okay, bring it on. I I, I went through the hardest thing yeah. personally that I've ever been through yeah. for me. Uh, I don't care. Yeah. I'm going to wave my freak flag. I'm going to hold Charlie and a Bjorn, and I'm going to just stoneberg it with my boo and and do do whatever. Yeah. And just try to make people happy. It's pretty rad. Make yourself happy. Make myself happy first. You're right. Mm-hmm. Well, then I believe happiness is peace. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, it's just a, um, 
And I hope none of this came off as like boasting. It's just it's no, just it's... a new situation for me that some of these big tent poles of stress in your life when they when you stop caring about your career, not in a negative ego. way. It's ego. Yeah, it's ego. When for you sure. when you let your ego, you know, step aside and when you just reevaluate what you find important and then you take advantage or, or acknowledge or um um implement mm-hmm. the uh, blessings that you have received. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just like, oh, okay, now I can, f- I don't want to say finally enjoy life, but it's just, it's like you're swimming where instead of like walking through the desert with a weighted vest, now I'm just weightless and floating in a pool and this yeah. feels good. Yeah. <laughs> and just, and just going. I mean, yeah, I, I don't think we I don't think we sound self righteous. I'm just going with what I learned, and I, I appreciate you know everything you're saying. No, I just meant I hope I'm like, like let me explain why my life is so perfect right now and how I don't understand how to deal with it. But, but like, no, not that my life's perfect, but it's just your perspective like, is on point. Yeah. I feel like I feel like when my perspective goes off cue. Or off course, I'm worried about what people think. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with stupid shit. I'm you know. It's not out of self-love. It's out of, you know, I could be vain. I can be whatever, whatever it is. I want to be perceived a certain way, and that's mm-hmm. ego. Mm-hmm. But when it's like, okay, all right, cool, pajamas fit me. I'm going to wear those for the summer or whatever <laughs> it is. It's just Acadianism and just accepting my weirdness and being like, okay, am I hurting anybody? No. You know, and I could go the other way and be too far up my own ass, but I I really want to find that balance and I really want to, you know, look back and reflect and understand, oh, okay, this is, I even understand my sister's point of view. I mean, I empathize with my sisters growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand it was survival mode a lot. Mm-hmm. I got I got two different parents, the youngest after like eight and 10 years. Oh my <laughs> gosh. So I just feel like, Understanding it and looking at it from an outside perspective is, I think, my next thing mm-hmm. with my grief journey <laughs> and life journey, I guess. I mean, I don't know. But we could be full of shit and whatever. We probably are. Yeah, we are. I mean, we're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just, I'm glad to be here, Boo. I'm, I'm so glad you're home. And I'm, I'm glad to be here with you. I missed you so much. It's crazy. Yeah? Yeah. Did you eat well while I was gone? Did you eat any cooked food? Yeah. Did you eat any food that you prepared? Yeah. What'd you make? Nachos. You made nachos? (laughs) Nachos. Did you eat anything that you prepared? No, I did not. (laughs) So, same-sies. I didn't have access to a kitchen. Sure. Anyway, boo, excuses. Come on. good food. Get it together. I ate Waffle House. I know I hate you. You sent he sent me a picture of Waffle House, <laughs> and I just put "quit bragging" because I love Waffle House, guys. You had never had. You were thirty five years old before you ever had Waffle House. It was and that magical Christmas <laughs> with crazy. your mom and dad. Oh my gosh, I'll never forget. Yeah, that was fun. I'm glad you so got to, special. Get to see old pops. Yeah, y'all, y'all connected. Y'all yeah, we it did. We had immediately. A, oh, I try to connect. You know what? I noticed. 
I can I try to connect with people in the morning. I'm a morning I'm a morning bird. Yeah, you connected with Kyle this week. I did. I yeah. well we had uh, <laughs> we had grown man slumber party. It was when so was this? sweet Monday night. Oh man, I had such a crazy day uh, Monday. Can't. Yeah, I'm so proud of you. That's I I flew out of Nashville. I woke up at about four a.m. to uh, to catch like a six a.m. flight. So that would have been I think there's Central Time Zone. So that would have been uh, uh, two a.m. here, mm-hmm. two a.m. California time. Uh, flew from Nashville home. What I had to do a bunch of stuff that day. Had to run some errands. Um, thought Kyle was going to come over and record, so I was like prepping all the Boogie Monster stuff. Was going to take a nap. Never got to take a nap. Then Kyle. Uh, then I went and picked Kyle up in Hollywood. He was staying with his sister, and we drove to Oxnard and did a show. That was about sixty miles Ugh. north of here. Uh, did a show. Real fun show. Came back. And, uh, yeah, then we got home at, like, 11, and then Kyle and I had, like, a slumber party. It was from so like, cute. And we stayed up to, like, 3.30 in the morning. I loved watching your love. Uh, you and Kyle have <laughs> such, it, it's just, it makes me so happy because you guys are so just. It's He's like, my buddy. It's just adorable. <laughs> no, Kyle's just, like you, Kyle's just such a, a genuine person. Like, there's no. Sweet soul. I just, there's nothing for me personally, just insincere or phony or just uh or or too egotistical kyle's humble mm-hmm. he's self-aware mm-hmm. and he's genuine he's kind and, and he's kind and 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 that's the same way you are you know i i like being around people like that so he's uh we really click in that way but yeah and i hadn't seen him physically i hadn't seen him in about three or four months uh since you know we did our run right after the wedding and uh so yeah it was fun he he crashed here and uh, we've man, we've listened to records. You guys we, had a little we boy had date. Snacks. We, you guys Boo. had snacks. You are such a good host. And I told him, I was like, I don't know what she's got planned, but I guarantee <laughs> there's about twenty five <laughs> different options of snack, food, and beverage. And sure enough, we get home from the show, and you just have a a smorgasbord of. Uh, Gas station treats. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> snacks are my thing. You're, okay? you're, you're I love great snacks. at snacks. Say, uh, you know, salty, savory isn't very good. I'm not very good with that. You're not, yeah. You're more of the, the I'm sweets. more sweets. Uh-huh. So I, I, I went with an array of, let's say, donuts. I got a chocolate-covered donut. We did the crumb donut. Yeah. But then you have to get the individual packages. Yeah. Like you're at a hotel. Yeah. Because you want the travel size. Because what if the person only wants to have one or two? You know, you have to get... Options, people. Uh-huh. You have to get two of everything because who knows? And just put it in a fun box. Make a banner that says "Welcome Home, Boo Boo." You made a banner. Get every <laughs> banner, Michael, and, and get every single you know beverage yeah. that you possibly can. You bought what looked like a gallon of Patron. <laughs> yeah, no, so I was like, "Why is this so expensive?" I guess it's good tequila. Just I haven't bought alcohol in over ten bottle. years. <laughs> You oh, well, no, I've bought alcohol for people, but, like, I'm not, like, I used to know how yeah. to buy alcohol. Yeah. Like, talk about gift giving. You bought that. I, guess I they, drank they, everything. They call that a handle, the 1.75 oh, liter. Yeah. They, so that's the handle. That, yeah. I When I buy liquor, I just get the 750, just the regular, what's, I guess, the standard Is bottle. Is that in milliliters? 750 milliliter. I and then there's a 1.75 liter, which is, I think, <laughs> twice, of, it's double the size. <laughs> but you got the double, the yeah. big boy, a Patron. I 
so. No, <laughs> I thought that was like the best. I don't know what was happening. No, is I love Patron. Patron. That's what I'm saying. I love oh. Patron. Well, the, but to me, Patron is fancy and expensive. And my point is. It was on sale for $40. There's no way that bottle costs I $40. swear to Jesus on high with Oprah. The, the handle was, was 40 bucks. Yes, wow, I promise okay. you. I will deal. look at Ralph's right now. Because I, I feel like I've this. seen those okay. at liquor stores that are like ninety dollars. No, no, I know. <laughs> no, I know. I mean, I'm all about bulk, boo. We got to start bulking up. We don't know the world's gonna end. <laughs> but yeah, you were so sweet. You're such a good host. Oh, you had my. you had so many snacks. When I like to pop out, you know, I like to give you guys time, mm-hmm. but I also like to, <laughs> hey, here I am. Kyle loved the record room. We, oh, we hung out you in guys here had, for a couple yes. hours. That was uh, just so cute. But yeah, it was good. It's good hanging out, good catching up with, with buddies, you know? It's amazing. I love it. I love it so much. It's, uh, yeah, I thought maybe we were going to go outside and build a treehouse or a fort or something there for a while. Well, I learned that Kyle... Is one kind mofo. Also, mm-hmm. <laughs> he is very tolerant because I, I felt like a puppy. Like I felt like Charlie being like, "We have a guest. We 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 haven't had many guests." And I, I didn't want to scare him away, <laughs> so I kept asking, like, "Okay, guys, like, do you need time alone, or like, what's the deal, or like, I need like, you're my mom. I'm going to the basement. Don't come down here. Well, no, friends are here. I, I don't want to be, you know." Uh, that person that's just hanging like bzz, Boo, bzz, bzz, that's a fly. If an uninvited third party came over here and just kind of loitered, mm-hmm. uh, that would be, you know, a problem. You live here, Boo. This is I know, your home. I, I realize. But I, I also realize that, you know, I don't want to be that wife that's like, Oh, yeah. when you go to Dave's house, you have to hang out with his yeah, like, special like needs wife. Joined at the hip. Yeah. Yeah. I no, never want to be that person. But, and then, like, I, I, I don't want to be that person. Well, I was weird. So here's the thing. Kyle learned I was a bed layer. Because uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Kyle, come sit in my bedroom. <laughs> he was like, I don't know if I should just be loitering in your marital bedroom. <laughs> and then he sat in a chair like I was at the hospital. And it was amazing. I, like you're not. Literally, I set up our bedroom. Like a hospital. I did. I love, like, and it must be, like, my ASMR or whatever the Uh heck. It's like, I I think I just love, it just reminds me of that time in New Orleans when Mm -hmm. I was in there for 17 days. Mm -hmm. And I had to be calm. And I had to just be there. And maybe that's... You're purposely trying to recreate that? Well, no, no, no. I'm not trying to purposely... (laughs) When you were 17 days in the hospital? No, but I've always loved Uh hotel setups or hospital setups because it's a chair next to a bed and you get to hang out god that would be how funny would it be <laughs> all right this is the point i was about to make your your goal is to make it look like a boutique hotel room yes uh, like a really luxury yeah. so that's what you're going for yes how funny and weird and dark would it be <laughs> if you want if you set it up like a hospital room and it's like like someone comes over and like oh does is Katie hooked up to dialysis? <laughs> oh, no, no. She's fine. This is just an aesthetic that she prefers. Yeah. <laughs> You've got like it's a hospital I'm, bed. A booth. Got, like I have a booth next to the window. Fluorescent lighting. Oh, oh my gosh. machines. I have that like whiteboard <laughs> that it's like, today is, how are you feeling you got, on a scale of one to ten? You got a bed pain. AM nurse. Yeah. A little tray of food. <laughs> Oh, my God. That is something you would do. I would. Well, here's the thing. I love IVs. I'm all into vitamin <laughs> IVs right now. 
I do. I love IVs. It's a one and done. You go to this place. They put, you know, it's an IV like you're at the hospital, but they have different flavors. You can do like, uh, you know, the immunity IV or the beauty IV or whatever. And you just sit there. You have the IV in your arm for 30 minutes. And I got all my vitamins for the friggin' month. That is, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. My pee's hot yellow and it's the best. <laughs> Oh, but oh yeah. Uh, what what did you ask Kyle? That okay, he and I both were like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> because you were so sincere. It wasn't. That's what's so funny about you, <laughs> Boo. Is you sound like you're being sarcastic, mm-hmm. but you're not, Mm-mm. and that's hilarious. Like anybody I have else, to always explain it too. And any, it's any one of my dickhead buddies would have. Uh, Verbally asked this same question, it would have been layered and uh, in, in doused in sarcasm and eye rolling. <laughs> yeah. But you asked this question sincerely, and it caught us both off guard. I said, um, well, because Easter just happened, and I was just trying to, you know, just learn. Like, I'm working on my small talk. So I was like, okay, why not ask this? And I, I asked Kyle if he celebrates Ramadan. And his response... And I'm not making fun of Ramadan, no, by the way. No, I'm not either. I really wasn't. I was just shooting at the moon. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to talk to straight white men. You like, ask Kyle if he's <laughs> celebrating Ramadan. And his face, he was so kind. Like, he... But I did see, like, he was so caught off guard. And his reaction, his face looked like, wait, is she effing with me? Wait, What? Huh? How do you not know? You weren't trying to be funny. I wasn't. And <laughs> and then I even start so then I started over explaining and I'm like, oh, no, no, no. It's just that I've been a lot of around a lot of ladies and gentlemen uh-huh. lately that celebrate Ramadan. At your face place? You know, at, yeah, at the face place, my queens. And and you know, I I'm interested in it. I don't know. I was just kind of trying to open the religion door, I guess. Uh-huh. I don't know. I was yeah. just trying to get to know your best friend. Yeah. And uh you know. That's funny. Why not Ramadan? But his face kind of told me his whole philosophy on (laughs) religion. It was like, no, I'm not. Yeah, like it was. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay. It's nice to meet you. What you, can I, can I, all right, cool. So you obviously celebrate Ramadan. Yeah, you're Muslim, gotcha. (laughs) I mean, it probably felt like I interviewed him. Poor guy. I did. I was asking so many questions, but I do find him fascinating. He's yeah. like this beautiful human that loves you so much, that loves you as much as I do. Well, no, I probably love you more. I don't know. We'll have a we'll have a fight off. We'll love off. But I I just know it's funny because I know him through you talking uh-huh. about him. And, you know, since COVID and everything, like we haven't all gotten to hang out yeah. and stuff. And, and yeah, you hadn't seen him in a couple yeah. of years. And we weren't do we were in the current administration, but it wasn't like we were where we are now. Yeah, we weren't even engaged at the Mm-mm. time. Yeah. And so I just feel like, oh, how cool. Like it was just last time you saw him is I think uh the Judy incident. He was over there when Judy pulled some of her wackadoo bullshit. Okay, so here's the thing. Mm -hmm. I look back on that year, and I, poor my nephew Jack, Mm -hmm. who is probably scarred because I'm scarred. I'm emotionally scarred from that. Yeah, me and you were living at my dad's house. (laughs) Kyle comes over to record Boogie Monster. Mm -hmm. He drives all the way. Like, he drove far, didn't he? It was like, he was. Yeah, it was a haul. um, (laughs) I forgot where he was coming in from, but. 
and I think he was just off a tour or something. Like, he was just being such a kind person yeah. to come out to us. And then you were recording your podcast. And I've never... Um, I, I tend to be a push it down, push it down, push it down, push it down, all my emotions, and then it just spews out. Mm-hmm. I'm working on it now, but, you know. And I've never yelled at my sister that way. Mm-hmm. I've never stood up for myself that way. I've never, I don't remember what I said, but I just remember seeing red and, like, going. It was almost like a Meisner class. No, I didn't throw anything. I didn't, mm-hmm. no one was hurt, but it was like words were going. Mm-hmm. And I just see Kyle, and he's just sitting on the couch, and he just looks so peaceful, and he's just so zen. And I'm like, "Sorry, Kyle." While people are literally screaming. <laughs> I apologize like ninety times. Like a wonderfully kind way of handling that situation, because mm-hmm. he could have been like, "What the hell?" Like you know, it could have been something so much bigger. But it was just this very kind soul, and I I really appreciated that. Slash was horribly embarrassed yeah. because it was <laughs> like an Oscar movie. Yeah. Like a scene with like Julie Roberts and Meryl Streep, yeah. like that August Osage County movie. Yeah. Like I relate to that movie so much. <laughs> I could rewatch it and be like, it's home. Even though, no, not, you know, but anyway. So yeah, I, I knew him that time. Uh, we hung out that time. And then he knew me back in the com- stand up days when uh-huh. I drank like a fish. Yeah. Way back in the day. And when I was, you know, we weren't, <laughs> we were a tumultuous little pair. Yeah. So it's really interesting because I, I just have so many questions because I know so many stories through you. Uh-huh. And it's like, oh, here we go. <laughs> and then poor guy, like he's tired. He just is about to go. <laughs> he's already on tour. Like, But it's hard for me not to just get excited and, and learn about, you know, your best friend. <laughs> but yeah, it was fun. I, uh. I learned he doesn't do Ramadan. Yeah, yeah. Who would have guessed? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you were a great host, Boo. Thank you, Thanks, thanks for all the wonderful snacks. I love snacks. But good times. Things are good, Boo. Things are good, everybody. We're uh, we're in a real good place. Uh, I'm feeling good creatively. Yeah. You're feeling good spiritually, emotionally. emotionally well, and- you know, as good as it gets. Every- By the way, guys, I'm still on like antidepressants and seeing a <laughs> psychiatrist and counselor every week i'm not trying to be like and now i've gotten it no, thank you of course not. i hope that didn't come out that way because i haven't and i won't but i will say you know if this dumb dumb can get through this crap you can yeah and just know that just keep going keep trucking i mean it really is uh it all comes down to just keep trudging forward yeah just you gotta- have to the only way out is through yeah and not just like trudge through life. I'm just saying for people that are just going through a tough time right now, One it's a weird a time. time. Yeah. The world's freaking weird. Mm-hmm. And so just be be gracious with yourself and yeah, yeah. and others. That's true. I'm going to go yell at somebody else on our block now. <laughs> like we, we ended this on such like a zen you know, we're just <laughs> at a good place, and we started it with you yelling and staring at a stranger in an awkward, <laughs> weird way. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like I just had a nervous breakdown then, while you were gone. It's not like I'm like it was a breakthrough. Uh, no, just <laughs> and then me chiming in. Here's some other ways you could fuck with people. Yeah, no, it's. <laughs> But you did. You know what's funny? You looked so excited when you said that to me. You, your eyes like glistened. Like you know what I like to do, and I'm like, oh boy. No, it's just you were talking. Yeah. You know, it's how you handle some 
some weirdos, man. You gotta bear spray. You, you gotta have your uh, your techniques. Oh, there sorry. you go. There you go. She she well, didn't. My knee is hurting. She, she needs Charlie. The mic. Char- well, Charlie's <laughs> taking over the chair. I'm about to fall on the floor. I'm Jeez. just. He is giving you a weird look. He's upset. Well, he's depressed. What's I, his problem? You know, the vet told me that he didn't want to put him on doggy Prozac, but it is an option. And I was like, no, hmm. we'll go outside more. <laughs> I don't know. Harvey asked me if he could get on Kitty Oxy. What? Yeah. What did so he say? How did just, he that come uh, up? He heard he was, something about doggy CBD, and he asked if he could get Oxycontin <laughs> for cats. <laughs> and he says he knows a guy. So... Well, there you go. Don't you haven't been loaning him any money, have you, Harvey? Just for candy. Okay. He says it's for candy, so it's fine. He's up to something. I know. I don't trust him. Boo! Wonderful chat. Wonderful chat. We boo. got long winded on this one. Yeah, sorry guys, or or you're welcome. I'm trying to be have more confidence. <laughs> yeah, is it sorry or, or is you're it, welcome? Is, am I? Uh, don't be. Oh, how about just. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We love you. So, uh, yeah, we appreciate you listening and uh, spread the word. Anything to plug, boo-boo? Well, I have a a new lover named Jesus Christ. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) What? Weird. No, I don't have anything to plug. Sorry. (laughs) Do you? (laughs) It don't matter. All right. Well. Uh, Yeah, let me plug. uh, Kyle and I will be in uh, Eureka, California. Uh, next week. Mother's Day weekend. Yep. <laughs> so you got to deal with that by yourself. <laughs> cool. Uh, Gonna yeah. go. Savage Henry Comedy Club, uh, Friday, May 6th and Saturday, May 7th. Uh, nine o'clock shows each night. And on Saturday, we'll be doing a live Boogie Monster. So, uh, get tickets to that, all that stuff at, uh, Many different places, including dumbdavestone.com, or you can Google Savage Henry Comedy Club. Get them tickets. Uh, I'm very excited to go back up to Bigfoot Country, boo. I know. It's you guys nice. are going to have uh, But you're not camping? I don't know if we're camping or not. Okay. I don't know if we're going to have time, but we'll see. But if we, Maybe maybe best, Bed Bath & Beyond. I, I don't know. I don't know if we have enough time. Pretty nice little Saturday. Uh, but yeah, other than that, uh, yeah, there we go. Thanks for listening. I would... Uh, Give the phone number, but I think I'm going to give it here. We're going to get back to some calls. Some I'm calls sorry. Been, yeah, we're yeah, going to Some calls have been that. coming in, uh, yeah. but we're also just kind of exploring more of a free-form format. Yeah. Do you, you guys know? like that? You could tell us. Yeah, tell We'll us, tell Dave because you know. I get hurt. I mean, it's not like we've done anything, any drastic changes, but... Uh, oh, also, apologies for uh, missing a couple of weeks. Oh, um, yeah. When I go on the road, Oops. we've yet to figure <laughs> out how to do it remotely the way Kyle and I do. I know. Because uh, I'm... The, the, um. I was going through something, okay? Yeah, yeah. I was on walks. Uh-huh. I was seeing mediums. Listen, there were other things to do. I but understand. <laughs> I understand. Okay, we're going to shut up. All right. All right, we love you. Thank you, man. Oh, the dead don't die Any more than you were right they're just ghosts inside the dream Of a life that we don't know They walk around us all the time Never paying any mind To the silly lives we lead Or the reaping we've all sown There's a cup of coffee waiting 
on every corner Someday we're gonna wake up And find the corners gone But the dead still be walking around This whole world alone Cause after life is over The afterlife goes on In a somewhat familiar town That you saw once When you looked up from your phone Nobody bothers saying hi And you can save all your goodbyes Stop trying to pretend That we're all not at home And the streets look so empty in the morning There'll be no one out at night For the lights to shine down on But the dead still be walking around And this old world alone Cause after life is over The afterlife With loved ones journey on At the thought They're now forever gone So we tell ourselves They're all still around us all the time Oh, we're not forgotten Just memories left behind The dead still be walking around in this world alone. Come after life is over, the afterlife goes on. Come after life is over, the afterlife goes on. Thank you.